What's going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. I uh, wanted to jump on here beforehand and kind of tell you what to expect. This was definitely one of the longest episodes I ever recorded. So uh, I did have three guests with me, um, Mr. EJ Perrin and Wes Lyles, uh, representing their brand, Texas Rig Outdoors, which is a social media presence, YouTube channel, uh, all focused around the outdoors and waterfowl hunting, duck hunting, uh, fishing, everything to do with the outdoors. These guys cover it and they uh, got their new brand started up. So I wanted to bring them on and kind of spread the word. And they also brought along their buddy, uh, Texas music legend, Mr. Eric Willis. So uh, we kind of focused more about Eric's music and his career in the second half of the podcast. But he also does talk about, uh, you know, being an outdoorsman himself. So um, yeah, I get a little bit of best of both worlds here. We did end up drinking quite a bit more than we uh, planned on. So uh, towards the end of the podcast gets off the rails a little bit but hey it was all in good fun and i hope you guys enjoyed uh, just remember to uh, go subscribe and like and comment and all that good stuff and i'll make sure to have all of their information uh, tagged down in the post below and uh, yeah thanks again for tuning in Thank you all for stopping by. My name is Justin Gilly, and you're listening to the Rated JG Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. We are in a special location with a couple of special guests. Uh, I am joined by the gentleman of... Texas Rig Outdoors. I've got Mr. EJ Perrin with me. How's it going, man? Thanks for having us. Oh, yes, sir. Wes is Lyles, is that right? Yes, sir. Wes Lyles. Lyles and Mr. Eric Willis. What's up? What's going on, guys? Appreciate y'all uh, doing this. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Glad to have y'all here. Cheers, cheers. I am here for a, uh, a crash course in all things outdoors and waterfowl and hunting and everything that y'all have to offer. So I feel like a good way to start all this was um, maybe just kind of getting a backstory of how you all met each other. Because I know EJ kind of told me beforehand that you have uh, been friends for a while. So kind of dive into that and tell me how everybody met. Uh, so I met Wes at UNT 2010. Uh, I graduated high school in 2019 or 2009 and uh i played at Hardin simmons at 2010 west had been there the year before that so we had a lot of the same mutual friends and stuff through that and then we both ended up transferring to unt um and then i think we met at sidebar on Friday. <laughs> yeah i think we met at a pool party yeah we had played <laughs> i had played a year before ej got there and i had moved to unt and then ej did essentially the same thing and so we hit it off at the pool. Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. And I worked at a bar, and the rest is history, I guess. We've been pretty much best friends ever since. Ended up moving in as roommates probably six, eight months later. And There you go. Yeah. Shout out Mean Green. He sold me those uh, $3.64 ounce Miller Lights. <laughs> hey. We've been best friends ever since. There then. you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, we had a lot of mutual friends in common, too, but... Uh, it was just funny when we met each other. You know, we had a lot of different friends from Abilene that we were all kind of intertwined with, too. Yeah. And that's kind of how I met Eric, too. Uh, my roommate in Abilene was Hayden Holler. Shout out the boy. But uh, 
Minodine. Yeah, Minodine. That's uh, one of Eric's best friends from back home. And me and uh, me and Hayden were roommates, and we got to be really close whenever I was there in Abilene and went back with him to Henrietta and met Eric and all those Henrietta boys. And shoot, that was 10 years ago, probably. <laughs> Larry Joe Taylor catching Eric play shows in Wichita Falls and stuff like that. So we've known each other for a while too. So the the college friends are the ones that send, seem to stick around a little bit more. You know, when you're a little bit more mature and you you meet these people at a better place in your life where they can give you three dollar beers and whatnot. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you meet them while you're immature and then they stick with you while you're mature. Yeah, that's the thought process at least. So yeah, now EJ's giving us three dollar beers every now and then, right? Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Tables have turned. Yeah, no that's doubt. awesome, man. So, Shout out Beef O'Brady's. Yeah, hey, they all and come through. So uh, you know, you said you were you were an athlete, both of you, football, right? Is that right? Yes. I would say I was an athlete, even though I was an offensive lineman. So what, purple. what was the the record at your uh, your given schools whenever y'all were on the roster? <sighs> Undefeated, Heisman, you know, Man. contenders. What were we talking here? We played pretty small ball, college ball. I mean, I went to Washtenaw Baptist University, which is a D2, kind of like a Tarleton, uh, in Arkansas my freshman year. That's where I got recruited to go. West was at West Texas A&M, same type of deal, his first year. Uh, then we both ended up transferring to Harden Simmons. Harden Simmons D three, but they're Harden Simmons is a powerhouse D three. Them and Mary Harden Baylor, they're they're pretty much the ones uh, for D three football. But I was there for a year, man. Shout out for those other guys, man. They love it and they're they're studs, dude. I thought going to D three as oh man, I'll just you know it's D three, but I rolled up to Harden Simmons, man. There's some there's some ball players out there in Abilene for sure. I mean, in Texas, all around, man. It's yeah, like you no can doubt. go to no JUCO doubt. and you got some freaking NFL combine Absolutely. people out there. You know, first round draft picks just kind of had a <laughs> yeah. last chance. You, yeah, for sure. But they don't play around. Now that we've got the backstory on how you all met, the reason that I brought you guys on today, me and EJ have been friends for a while, and you know, bullshitting and talking, and he uh, mentioned that he was you know real passionate about you know outdoors, waterfowl hunting, you know everything that comes along with just being an outdoorsman, and he was like, hey, I'm starting up this this YouTube channel, this social media presence called Texas Rig, and uh, you know he's asking me, you know, hey, do you have any experience with videography i'm like absolutely fucking not i sure don't but hey man go for it and uh, next thing you know you got this thing up and running and you guys been catching some traction and um i've been following you and it's uh you, know, you got your instagram and your youtube shorts and watched all your videos um you kind of been spreading out as far as um what you've uploaded so far you know it hasn't been just one thing i've saw the sand hill crane if I'm mm-hmm. correct, yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, first full-length video. So, yeah, we're going to start, you know, just from the, the, the jump. We kind of mentioned this earlier, but where did the where the rig, the uh, the name Texas Rig come from? Uh, so, me and Wes <clears throat> have been talking about doing something the last couple of years. Uh, I've hunted my pretty much since I was in junior high, but, like, more so deer hunting and shooting hogs and stuff like that. But we got really into waterfowl hunting probably five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our best friends, um, I won't say his name or his address because we don't want y'all to get the good stuff. <laughs> you know, the, he lives right there in between the Red River and the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, from California to New York. <laughs> but uh, we, one year, we were like, man, let's hunt some ducks. And we started doing it. And the last couple of years, we, we, man, we've worn them out. And me and Wes, we actually talked about starting a podcast or something, you know. Because that's kind of the space that everybody's doing right now. We talk, you know, we're big sports guys, and 
our group of buddies in college are big sports guys too we talked about maybe doing some hunting slash sports stuff maybe some music stuff uh and then this year we're kind of finally like man screw it like went out and bought a couple gopros and yeah ej uh really credit to him you know we it's one thing to put a plan into action like hey let's do this we talked about doing a podcast we talked about this we talked about that but ej said i'm doing it started the instagram started the youtube at tx rig and uh no free shout outs no free shout outs hey get out of this like and subscribe (laughs) but yeah and so that was it and then we had we just started posting older videos until this waterfowl season started and we've kind of started posting longer youtube videos after that still using those for uh instagram reels and this and that and so yeah and then as far as like the the name is concerned you told me it was like in in regards to i didn't even answer that question my bad uh (laughs) yeah so texas rig man we were throwing around a lot of different stuff uh we wanted texas in the name for sure and just one of the ideas that i came up with was texas rig that's uh kind of like a fishing term as far as how you set up your your setup for bass fishing here in texas um with just a long worm and a and a big weight and then that also um the term still related to uh how you set up your decoys for ducks it's texas rig and texas rig so we're kind of like man we do you know obviously mostly duck hunting and then we still do a lot of fishing too so that kind of fit what we were looking for and like i said it wasn't anything yeah, it re- super thought it out. Wasn't th- it was probably forty-eight hour. What should we name it? Or Texas like rig, Texas TX rig, rig, yeah. Texas rig, duh. Texas rig, whatever. At one night, I was. We just needed it to happen. Just <laughs> up a little late and started the email address and everything else, and said, "I guess that's what we're gonna do." So next thing you know, it was born. That's what it was. There you go. That's what's up. As far as you know, your your vision. I know this is still in the infancy stages of everything, as far as like uh, your social media presence and where you want to go with the brand. We're, I know that Waterfowl has been your, uh, you know, initial kind of first things you've been putting out into the ether and showing everybody, uh, which I'm going to get a crash course in that today because uh, your boy doesn't know the first fucking thing about that. So I'm, I'm here for it. But um, is duck hunting, waterfowl hunting, anything like that, is that like kind of the main avenue you're looking to go down or is it like something you're, you just wanted to go outdoors, fishing, whitetail? whole thing or you want to kind of pigeonhole yourself into one thing what are we looking at here no i wouldn't i wouldn't say we're trying to pigeon pigeonhole by any means but personally waterfowl or wing shooting like dove quail waterfowl you know is what i enjoy more than versus deer hunting which ej's a, a big deer hunter as well i i've shot two deer i wish I, eric shot a massive deer this past weekend oh i saw that on instagram lucky, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's more so just outdoors, you know, Okay. we're, uh, I mean, hell we're, we're going to broken bow this weekend. And I mean, it's kind of more just vlogging, like what we do on the weekends. Cause like yeah. we're usually outdoors, you know, like we, this weekend we'll go ride a bunch of trails in broken bow and shoot skeet and shoot guns, yeah. shoot pistols. And I mean, just yeah. kind of just like vlogging what we're doing. Cause a lot of time we're. I, we talked about that too in the beginning like it's got to be something that we can do all year long to be able to post content to be sustainable for what we're trying to do because mm-hmm. you know there's hunting season the the majority of what we do deer season duck season whatever i mean you're talking about two months like deer season's a couple months duck season's a couple months 
we don't hunt every day like we hunt pretty much every weekend but yeah we I try mean, to make a, a sunday sunday yeah hunt. we usually off hunts. sundays i'm on sunday and, so and nice. for for the people listening that don't know it broken bows in oklahoma so that's you know we're we're, we're based out of you know the, the dfw area here in texas so that's just a couple hours north of us and that's uh totally different landscape than what we're looking at right here yeah so, yeah sure and broken bows blowing up the last beautiful area today. by the way man. Ocha town. we're uh we're you know, we're lucky to have another college buddy. We won't mention his name or his address, but he's got a he's got a pretty nice Johnny cabin. Smiles. Up. Yeah, Johnny Smiles. He's got a pretty nice cabin up there uh, that him and his wife Jessica and his family let us go up there quite a bit, and that's actually where I got married at. But the whole gang, there's about six college buddies and our wives, and we're all pretty close friends, so we vacation together and stuff. So we go to Broke oh, yeah. quite, quite a bit. We're going to try to hunt up there this weekend. Yeah. Um, that's a luxury of living where we do you know we're kind of like central to a lot of areas you know a couple miles north south east or west you get a completely different landscape and you know we're like mm-hmm. i mean whether you go towards the louisiana area or the other side of texas shit a couple miles you know either direction it's whole yeah, different ball game two, so two hours west you're in west texas you're in you know hill country if you go down two hours south or right uh, just nice text, to you know nice to get out of gambling the two hours north yeah. <laughs> right man they don't play around as soon as you cross that you know state line they're like here's a giant because literally the world's largest casino so but um so yeah back to the 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 waterfowl stuff um i, I know that you said that's kind of you know where we've been starting at and correct me if i'm wrong here um y'all took mr eric willis here on was it your first duck hunt or your first, first? duck hunt yeah for sure um how'd that go well, if that's how duck hunting goes, man, <laughs> you can consider me a lifelong duck hunter now because it was action packed. I think we all limited out what within two hours or less. Yeah, yeah man, it was pretty insane. That was uh, great. We told him right afterwards, man. Hey, listen, this is a really good hunt for us too. So, don't I told my girlfriend the night before, I was like, man, if I just shoot a duck, like I'll be happy. And I don't know how many we shot that day, but it was it was more than a duck. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. a legal limit. Of yeah, points. and it you was amazing. Uh, EJ's got that. Well, I'm assuming it was you that uploaded the photo. You got that on lock, man. You are like make those things look so beautiful and perfect. The hey, whole tailgate uh, of ducks. I'll tell you, that's <laughs> our buddy that uh, has the lamb. We're not going to say his name, but uh, you have a lot of unnamed buddies. <laughs> we're, we're not even. We need to get into this contact list. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, he man, he's he's the ultimate stager. Whether it's a deer I shoot or we shoot a bunch of ducks or whatever, he's. I mean, the mirror selfies, man. I'll tell you what, you can make a three pound fish look like it's about a barracuda. <laughs> that was cool though, man. That was my first time because obviously I've seen ducks and I've seen taxidermy and I've seen all that, but uh, the first time like holding one and seeing that many different, you know. I don't know, they're not species that many different uh yeah colors i know eric exactly. shot a yeah eric shot and get to see them like up close and like hold them in your hands it was it was pretty sweet i've yeah. never i've never done that yeah that's awesome man and like i you know i'm kind of before the podcast we, we were shooting the shit drinking a couple beers and i was trying to tell you know everyone here at the table i i don't know the first thing about it and i know a lot of my listeners probably do break it down like you're talking to a fifth grader because there is like he was saying species and whatnot i don't know the first thing about it i know like mallard apparently is like the normal most yeah i guess I would readily s- available to shoot but yeah you would think mallards are pretty <laughs> uh rare in texas i would say more further east in arkansas louisiana 
but I would definitely say that those are the crown jewel of duck hunting, waterfowling. Like, oh, you got a green head? You know, that's what I got everyone you. thinks. You know, we shot a lot of gadwall the other day. He shot a buffalo head, which is extremely rare. Uh, what else we shoot? Some widgeon. Um, widgeon. Some okay. shovelers. Uh, our buddies shot a couple mallards that were hunting a different spot than us, but Eric shot. I, we we tend to shoot a, a few buffalo heads throughout the year. Early season, I yeah. would say probably two or three. Ganser. Throughout the year, but uh, he had that buffalo head coming. Eric was smoking. Eric was like, I'm not going to lie to you. He's pretty good with the shotgun. I hey, you watch, All I've you ever shot is these tiny little doves. Yeah. You know? yeah he's, so, you think he's good on that guitar. You watch, <laughs> that boy can point that shotgun. You watch man. that YouTube video, man, and we've been, me and him have been talking about it for, you know, the last year or two, and he's like, man, I'd love to go out there, you know, so That's he awesome. came out there, dude, and he was absolutely lighting him up, but he yeah, shot he that, that buffalo that work. Okay, so we've got we've got Eric's first story about it, you know, waterfowl hunting of any sort. Is that the proper term, waterfowl? Anything, you know, I, I feel like that's anything on yeah, the water. Yeah, it's duck hunting. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah waterfowl hunting is kind of like the broad. Okay. I guess there's so like, like yeah, the, you can go geese hunting. Uh, Sandhill crane is considered waterfowl. Geese, speckle belly. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay, so we've got his first story. If you can, off the top of your head, what's your first memory of each one of you doing your first duck hunt? How long ago? What were you shooting? Did you were you successful? Yeah, I was shooting a Remington eleven hundred three inch that my father in law gave me. Beautiful gun. Uh, probably f- five or six years ago, on the same lake, we took Eric. Uh, we we just weren't sitting in the same spot. And uh, I mean, you got to wake up. I woke up at three thirty. I was out the door at three thirty. Met at Waterburger off Chisholm Trail at 4.15 or whatever, went there, got some taquitos for the boys, right <laughs> out to wherever we were going. Necessary. Yeah, yeah that's early morning for sure. I uh, had some coffee on the way down. and uh, But anyways, yeah, the first, my first memory was, you know, you just, you shoot it and it it's so much bigger than like a dove. You shoot a dove and it, it falls to the ground like a light little bird. These ducks are heavy, man. They slap that water. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. You're like It just gives you that oh, adrenaline, yeah. that rush. You're like, let's go. And then, you know, you they're pretty responsive to a call, so you can, like, if they're flying away, you can wah, 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 hit them, and they'll, you know, they'll bank across, and, oh, they're coming back, you know, and the best is when, like, they're cup, you know, you get them to work all the way back in, and they're cupping into your decoys or whatever, and you just have, like, a shot right in front of your face, and boom, and it works like that. But probably my my first memory, it was coming, it was coming across my left, and I just followed it and pulled the trigger, followed through, and it just... It just barrel rolls yeah. over and smacks into that water. Boom. Heart just yeah. pounding. Yeah, exactly. So who are you with? Was it like a family hunt? Were you with your boys? No, five years ago I was with uh, EJ and our buddy um, whose land we go hunting on. And that was Cody. It. Yeah. We'll say his name. <laughs> we'll call him Cody. <laughs> Gave it five minutes and all of the uh, all the anonymity <laughs> went right out the window. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, Cody. Cody's, man, he's, he's a stud hunter, dude. He's He's... Like I said, I've hunted my whole life, and Cody teaches me stuff all the time, man. He's he's awesome. He's he's a great host. He he's the type of dude. He's shot so much stuff that he he likes bringing people out. You know, like he was pumped that Eric had a good time. And yeah, one of the nicest humans. Yeah, on the planet. literally, just like he would rather let somebody borrow his shotgun and see somebody else shoot and have a good time, and him just watch. And that's like his fulfillment is just seeing everybody have a good <laughs> yeah. time. That's good people. People yeah. people, you know, spend their lives making sure people know jesus christ he wants to know 
people know hunting. Like yeah. 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 It's my Lord and Savior. Yeah, he's a great host for sure. So you said, you know, just now that it's been a lifelong thing for you. Like, what, what are we talking? I mean, what? Man, so the duck hunting, like, really getting into it hasn't been. Um, I, I started hunting when I was in sixth grade, uh, whitetail deer hunting. Um, my dad grew up in Houston, so he wasn't a huge hunter. Um, but he was a coach and a principal for a long time, and he got linked up with uh, one of his buddies at one of the schools who was, like, the second coming of Daniel Boone type of guy, like <laughs> this dude, uh, man, he's, he's a huge outdoorsman. Um, and so my dad got into it and then me being, you know, 12, 13 years old, I obviously wanted to tag along and whatnot and shot a bunch of deer and shot some turkey and stuff like that. But I, growing up in high school, like we would shoot hogs and stuff. Um, we would shoot ducks, but it was kind of more like jumping tanks which means like running up on top of them because there's ducks there and then shooting at them like we wouldn't set up decoys and be there to duck hunt um my first not first but like when i first started getting into it was about five six years ago which was which was was talking about that was really our first year that we were like we're gonna focus on duck hunting and ever since then man our whole group is just that's kind of what we do man like i i still shoot deer love to go deer hunting and you know, you got to fill the feeder, the freezer. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, these for meat sure. prices are outrageous. So <laughs> you got to get some meat in the freezer. But uh, we spend a lot of our time duck hunting, and it's man, it's a blast. So as far as like you know, you know, filling the freezer and whatnot. Um, obviously, deer has a specific season. You know, whether it be bow or rifle or whatever it may be. So you're limited on when you can you know go hunt, harvest something like that. As far as when does that start? When does it end? Is there different? species or like in september there's a it's called early teal season and you can only kill uh teal there's a green wing teal blue wing teal and a cinnamon teal which is pretty much a unicorn but uh and those are like smaller birds that might start migrating south sooner Mm -hmm. um so they have a little early season for that and that's my personal favorite bird the they're the best eating you can make uh, little dove poppers out of them or duck poppers, just like you do duck poppers. Right, right, I got you. So good. Um, and then all ducks open up, what is it, sometime in November? November, what it's was that, it, 13th uh, this year? Something yeah, like second that. weekend in November usually, right around there. Deer season runs, I mean, it's all pretty much like your whitetail deer and your duck season is pretty much coincides. I know deer season's been getting pushed up earlier. Like this year, it, it ends January 1st, I think, for regular season. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't even shot a deer this weekend or the, this year. I've only been once, but uh, I looked at that this yesterday and I was like, man, I need to go shoot a deer. But uh, <laughs> a waterfowl season runs through January. When it comes to stuff like that, I mean, obviously you've got to get your your licenses and whatnot based upon what you're what you're hunting or fishing or whatever. Is that is there any kind of extra curricular stuff you have to get to? hunt these specific kinds of things like i mean is there like you got to jump through hoops to say hey i want to shoot so and so bird or no it depends on each state uh there's different limits you can get um like you're only allowed one pintail one scop you're only allowed i think three or four mallard drakes and one you can only kill one mallard hen maybe five mallard drakes on one hand (laughs) Cut that. Mallards aren't down here, though. So yeah, we know the laws. Trust me. <laughs> I, 
but yeah it's basically basically six like there's certain birds that you can only shoot one of or whatever and that's another thing starting whatever five six years ago and our buddy cody was taking us oh that's a he 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 name out whatever duck that was by the sound it was making by the quack it was making by the the, the silhouette in the sunshine like oh that's pintail he was saying that the other day he's yeah. like well, it's we like, were trying to say. I don't know what that is. And I was like, dude, trust me. The they first. all look exactly the same <laughs> to me. Turns out they're all uh, Gadwall. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's asking us the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is this, this is this, this is this. And I'm like, half on the wrong, right. uh, half, wrong on half <laughs> yeah. of them, you know? That's how my dad is yeah. with cars. He'll be like, put his fucking ear to the door. He's like, oh, that's a 76 Camaro, big block. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you see that? You see that window right there? That means it's 67. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I only did that one year. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, man, there's only, there's only really a couple of months i mean you can shoot like hogs and you can predator hunt which is uh foxes coyotes you know stuff like that you can shoot raccoons and stuff like that like all year long but like mainly like your whitetail and your ducks and your waterfowl and stuff like that there's basically like the winter time through I got february you. is about as long as it goes i got you texas are we, are we known i mean obviously we have an abundance of land yeah. kinds of landscapes here mostly are we known for like a hot spot for like duck hunting bird hunting in general like i mean i know obviously there's certain places throughout the u.s that are destinations for hunts and whatnot is that like are we in that category when it comes to this you know they say like over 90 percent of texas hunting is private land so texas is really you got to know somebody or pay somebody to go hunting like uh there's like a lot of public land in arkansas oklahoma louisiana and I think, you know, that flooded timber look, you know, when you, uh, Duck Dynasty and stuff like that, well, they hunt private too. But anyways, most of Texas is actually private land, so you got to know somebody to get a, a, a true honey hole. I think Ray um, Ray Roberts Lake up north of Denton, or I know it is, they have um, waterfowl hunting there. But yes and no, like Texas is, has some of the best hunting, but you're either going to pay for it or you got to own it or know somebody that has it i got you because like i know when it comes to like you know whitetail and shit you know what is it that uh neil guy is that the thing down south yeah no yeah, yeah. South texas. so like i mean i we're the state of texas is literally the size of countries it's, <laughs> it's massive so like, yeah. i know we have an abundance of, of different species whether they be um, you know native or or introduced or whatever it may be so um i just didn't know when as far as like waterfowl came into play yeah i mean i'd say like, you know texas is pretty good hunting for everything yeah. i mean there's your certain like you know like iowa and kansas and stuff had have the biggest whitetail you know arkansas is because there's there's certain flyways that all these waterfowl birds fly through mm -hmm. and like arkansas kind of meets up so like arkansas is like the mecca like arkansas is like the mecca for duck hunting mm -hmm. You start following some of these pages on Instagram and stuff, and like I went to college in Arkansas and had a, had some buddies from Stuttgart and stuff like that, and they grew up on it, and they just, I mean, it's unbelievable compared to what we see here. Like I said, we <clears throat> we're pretty lucky for what what we see and what we're able to shoot and stuff like that. Like I've there's some boys that come into beefs that are that they hunt public land 20 minutes from here and props to them and they love it and they're getting out there at three in the morning and stuff like that but it's like how'd y'all do yesterday oh you know we shot two birds or whatever like which it happens it's hunting but Shit, it's can like, you do that can you just like show up on 
public man and just, certain just spots. pop out a fucking 12 gauge and just start going at yeah, it. Like not on Lake Louisville, but you can go <laughs> south of the Plex. And There's certain spots that you can hunt on No, before you go. Different lakes and up. stuff like that that you can public hunt, but like the public hunting stuff, don't get me wrong. If I didn't have a nice spot to go private hunt, I would be on public hunting because going duck hunting and not shooting anything is better than not going at all. But yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it's there's really there's just certain spots you can go, but but you got to beat the traffic and you got to beat yeah. all the other guys that are out there and have the best spots. It's pretty much first come first serve as far as that goes. And then you know there's a bunch of hunters around and all that. Which honestly, I've got tons of respect for people that public hunt because they're putting in more work than honestly what we are. But yeah, and it ain't no joke. You got to wake up. I said at three thirty, just to get to the spot, and then you got to. It's not a young man's game, they say, but <laughs> you got to throw out the decoys. You got to set up your your hide. You got to make sure everything's right, and then before you know it, ducks are trying to come in on you, and you're uh, trying yeah. to jump on a kayak. You're swimming across the lake. <laughs> Good God! Go, go into that story real quick. That's that's a, that's a funny story we didn't mention in the videos. All right. I'll, when, whenever Eric was out there with us last week, Eric. Yeah. So Eric was coming out there with us. We're all goofing around. We got to drop our other buddy off at this other lake and then we drive another five minutes to our spot and we're hunting this island that the lakes are so low right now so we're hunting this island and i have this kayak whatever i go there and unload a load and i push the kayak back to ej because this island is probably in this probably 10 foot um what's this called a little valley that comes through that we can't walk across we have chest high waders on mm-hmm. but you can't walk across you know a 10 foot Whatever. Right, I got you. Anyways, I push the kayak back to EJ, and that's it's probably like 20 foot. Works out fine. EJ strolls on over, and Eric's over there, and he does not have waders on, which I don't think it would have mattered. But uh, <laughs> I shoot the kayak over to him, and for some reason, the kayak takes a hard left or right <laughs> or whatever it was. And thank God the wind was blowing a little bit, and I had a whatever deco- decoy pole, and I pulled, pulled the kayak back finally. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go <laughs> paddle over there and get him. And we get on, and I was like, man, you just go over there. I got waders on, I'll be able to get it. Sure as shit, he does the exact same thing. Takes <laughs> hard like, hard left. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I saw Eric over there just sad as a puppy dog whenever that kayak <laughs> was floating away from it. He didn't have no gun. I brought his gun over previously. Like, he was just in there like, boys, I came out here to duck on <laughs> Anyway, so I was like, that shit ain't happening. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I jump. He pushes, and I jump and try to catch the ass into this kayak. Well, I go up, you know, water goes above my titties, and it fills my waders <laughs> with water, and I'm out there having the time of my life just squishing my feet around. So did you? the, the question is, did you did you saturate those waders? Saturate. They're still wet <laughs> to this day. I was had my wife's blow dryer blowing in because we went hunting last week, and I was like, dude, these are still sopping wet. Yeah, and dude, you talk, talk so about funny. A, a helpless it's situation. So You're out there being manly with your rifles and shooting, you know, live <laughs> animals. You're just watching your your stuff just float away. I got a video. I meant to send you guys. I got a video <laughs> of when the the kayak took like a left or right, whatever way it went, and it kind of like just blew up against these little trees there. <laughs> I had a picture of, like them on the other side of the island, and then my kayak like you know over there that I needed to get across there. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, the wind blew it kind of back to them, or at least enough for him to grab it. But from what I can gather, that's the hunt that was successful. So, hey, it was all worth it. Now you yeah. got the story to tell. Oh, that was the thing. As I was paddling <laughs> over from the, you know, it's like, what, 20 yards, 30 yards that you have to Not paddle even, across? Yes. 
and I'm paddling across in this kayak, and ducks are just oh, circling us, like flying by. We missed that first flight. Of course. <laughs> Amateur hour. Yeah. We got Eric Willis coming hunt with us. You know. <laughs> No, oh which is honestly, dude, it like, was a pretty cool sight, though. Like, <laughs> the first 20 30 this. minutes of shooting light is just that's when they're just like dive bombing on top of you, yeah. And Eric's kind of sitting there, like, you know, he's never like, been. He's like, he's like, he's like, is this normal? And I'm like, no, dude, like, we're late, we should be free. You're coming every time, you're the good luck charm. It was pretty, I was like, man, if I had a video of me paddling across that thing and all those ducks that were flying overhead, it was pretty bad. They were mad at us for being in their spot, like, they, were <laughs> they like, wanted to land. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, we're still landing, land. even though Wes is treading water. Yeah, boogie boarding across the channel. Soaked titties and all. Yeah. It was pretty It was pretty crazy. Like, that's what I was telling them. I was like, damn, this is a lot more work than walking into my deer stand. Because we got up, we paddled all that stuff across the deal. And then we had to, like, kind of stomp, cut us some little shooting lanes out of there and get set up. And it was all, like, bam, bam, bam. And then, you know, within two minutes of stepping foot on that thing, we're, we're blasting ducks. So it was, it was crazy. <laughs> Sounds well, like y'all need to invite him every time, man. Like, <laughs> hey, that first on. one Eric shot, dude, it slapped the water. He smoked, and he's like, well, that was dope. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, you let's want get a beer? It. He's a hell yeah. <laughs> yeah let's do it. So that, that's actually like a perfect segue. So he mentioned like, you know, going to the deer stand and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I, I see these things from the periphery. Like I'm not, I've never claimed to be an outdoorsman. Like there is so many different kinds. Like we all know so many different kinds of hunters. We have the guys that have the freaking protein fed high fence, 100 acre ranch with you know shooting fish in a barrel and they come on with trophy deer every year and then you have the dudes that are hitting the steve ranella you know out in the hill country doing their thing like yeah. when it comes to duck hunting or waterfowl in general i've seen again from the periphery like some of these dudes are like they got a little you know a, they look like a third base coach you know with a, a little bucket underneath them sitting beneath the tree and then you have these guys with just a decked out blind that's like got ac they've got freaking wi-fi they're watching the ufc fight while they're fun, you know shooting these ducks like that's a good what, point actually like, what is <laughs> what, so we've been, what's the tx rig rig looking like out there hey don't get me wrong if we got access to it that's, <laughs> yeah. that's underwater with the that has the game on real we're watching screen. sunday you know sunday football at noon and all that hey i'm not opposed and, to and no hate to anyone that does that i'm just saying i've seen no you know, i'm not opposed both to both into the it, spectrum it, here we went up to oklahoma and we had a little a-frame blind built and and the birds just were not coming in and is that the sand hill crane hunt? yes hey go check them out on youtube because there's a full video on this hunt and it was pretty dope and that's on what yeah. tx rig outdoors yeah we drank a little bit more than we shot but it mm. was still a good time hey, it was a cool video though yeah anyways we had <coughs> you know you get service up there uh in these towns wherever they, these crane coming into these wheat fields and they just tear up these wheat fields so the farmer you just go ask a farmer hey can i hunt on your land uh we saw these crane here and they're like heck yeah get them back off of here okay anyways we thought we we had the x but we didn't and we ended up just watching the michigan nebraska game busting ball the boys busting ball hey boys. shout out shout out busting ball. on uh you know youtube tv on the on the iphone in there just yeah. booze and drinking for until we picked up and went home because we didn't shoot anything <laughs> and like to me once again you know not being an outdoorsman i feel like 99 percent of like doing this stuff at least what i've seen from you know waterfowl duck it's it's a lot more 
relaxed. Like it seems like you could be a little bit more noisy. They might not be as susceptible to like scent and smell and whatnot. I could be totally wrong. I'm just saying from my end, that's what it seems like. Man, so that's you're not covering man, yourself I, in duck piss and you know getting out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pretty low key. I mean, if you shoot birds at all, like dove hunting or anything like that, like that's why people like it because it's so social. Like, yeah, you can sit on a cooler against a fence line and not necessarily have to be Sitka camoed out and this and that and whatever. Like, you can drink beer and you can shoot birds, but. You know, like with whitetail hunting and stuff, you got to be quiet, you got to be still, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, duck hunting. They got a little social. better. They got a little better eyesight, so you you got to be, be still, as camo as possible. Down, and yeah. it's like you see them, then you're trying to be still. But you know, normally your your line of sight, you're looking at the sky, so you can see them normally before they see you. Well, a lot of times they come in on you quick too, and they don't yeah. see you. But I would say versus dove hunting, which is super cat. You can sit in the shade and they can't see you. You, you can sit on your tailgate and shoot doves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, deer hunting is totally heard. different, though. I mean, you can't be making noise. You can't be right. Noise. Yeah, that was the point that I'm getting at. I feel like it's like a little bit more camaraderie based because, sure. like, you know, you're with a group of dudes. If you got six dudes huddled up in a deer blind, you know. What the fuck's going on there? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, that's hey. a little weird. No, you take my this wife one. Would be pissed about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> right. So, I think that my first and, and maybe a lot of the listeners' first exposure to this type of, of lifestyle and this, this specifically like waterfowl and duck and whatever was uh, admittedly from Uncle Cy and the people over there on Duck wow, Duck Dynasty. Sure. So, like, these guys are apparently, like, OGs in the game, like, you know, top-of-the-line duck calls. Like, I mean, they're, like, heavily respected. Am I right in, in that sense? Yeah, uh, I think they made – I don't know if it's – I wouldn't know if I would call it top-of-the-line, but they made a duck call that would be able to be mass-produced. And whatever, you heard the stories. He went to – Walmart and he got to deal with Walmart and whatever I don't know exactly how it went down but yeah but yeah that's no I mean they're well respected for sure they're, yeah you know, I feel like loves d- Uncle Cy and do you think that that like opened whatever her name is right yeah you think that that like opened up a lot of people to the possibilities because like I know we obviously mentioned on here that you know Whitetail is is king where we're from and I think that that kind of opened up people's eyes like shit we might be able to I got a 12 gauge pump sitting in the, the the garage maybe we can go throw a blind up and figure out and come home with some meat man i think it's just harder to start waterfowl hunting because you have to have so much crap that you take with you like really i mean we go you know we all meet at the old waterburger you know eric's like what i need to bring i'm like dude bring your shotgun bring your camo like we got everything else because it's literally like bags of decoys and freaking stools and gun rest and you know just burlap yeah and the kayak and just your hide and everything else it's just like you can go shoot a deer you can go have a rifle and sit underneath the tree and shoot a deer like me and my me and my buddy went deer hunt on friday and i was like man it's pretty nice i just bring my rifle and my my backpack (laughs) yeah some snacks yeah you don't have to worry about loading up all your decoys and crap but uh it's just you don't have to have a lease or anything. You could like that still either. go shoot ducks. I just feel like it's, uh, you know, to like really get into it to where you're you're doing it like that. Like it's just it's it's expensive. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that you got to have and stuff. But uh, you know, the more stuff you got, the not necessarily the more <laughs> yeah. successful that you'll be because it's still hunting at the end of the day. But you can definitely spend a lot of money on a lot of different stuff on it for sure. So, like you know, when it comes to 
shooting a deer or an elk or whatever it is you know the, the term is fill in the freezer when it comes to birds they're not obviously you know one fiftieth of the size is that something that you just skin and you know throw on a coleman grill right there on the tailgate or do well, you talk to this guy over here he just made a five-star meal with his duck <laughs> he sh- the duck that he grilled up and i was like hey where the like what the hell is that so, dude singer hunter chef what else is on the resume goodness gracious uh, he's like funny. i made this uh jubilee cherry <laughs> and i'm like what are you talking about he asked me how i cook it and he shows me a picture i was like uh that's not how i cook it he's like throwing in the deep fryer no, where's man, the bacon I, at on that one <laughs> I actually cheap. saw that recipe on uh, TikTok, so I can't take credit for it. But uh, yeah, it was just like a like a cast iron seared duck, just some salt and pepper, and then did a little cherry jam reduction to put go on top of it, and it was that's it. It was pretty legit. He go. said it was my first duck like, to eat, damn. my first duck to shoot. Well, it wasn't a duck that I shot. It was one of those. Those It was a mallard breast. Yeah. But uh, that one of their buddies shot and. They left the skin on there, so I was like, they said the only way to do that is, like, get that skin real crispy, and so. It turned out pretty good. It was great, man. For I was I was expecting, like, a, not a foul taste, but, like, a, you know, a gamey or some kind of taste. and It's a dark meat, too. It is. Like, I it's mean, real dark. It's, like, purple. Did you brine it at all? Or I didn't, any, no. Really? I set it in the, I you know, I put everything else, cleaned it up, and uh, froze the, the rest of those, but. Those two with the skin on them, I just left in a bag and in the fridge for like two days, and that's Damn. all I did. Damn. Yeah. So I think that cherry jam stuff, I mean, really set it off. But it was it was delicious. I was expecting, like like I say, some kind of off taste. You, you hear all the stuff about ducks, and yeah. and the different kinds are better and worse, and so I really didn't know what to expect, and it was, it was great meat for sure. Yeah. And that's something that – you know, I, I've never experienced myself, but I, I imagine there's some kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, I guess like a primal connection feeling whenever you take an animal's life, you harvest the animal, and you're using it to feed yourself, your family. That's got to be like such a cool feeling, you know, whether it be a fucking bird or a thousand pound, whatever the hell you're shooting, you know, based upon where you're at. But like, I've never experienced that, but I, I feel like that's like the a thing that a hunter holds pretty near and dear to them. It's justification to the wife. Absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, seen the, funny, man. Have you I seen was, the prices at Costco, yeah, man? It's yeah. a deal over here. I was kind of talking about it earlier. Like, I we always try to make sure that we shoot a couple deer every year, you know, because, like, that's where we get our ground meat and sausage and stuff like that. And But you still have these people that are, like, they can't justify, like, why would you shoot that poor innocent animal? And to me, it's kind of like, I would rather do it and put my hands on it and process it myself and cut it up and I know where it's been and I know the transition and for to get it from walking around to like in my freezer and like we posted that video the other day and people were like yeah that's cool but did y'all did y'all eat it or y'all just shooting it or like people you know we've got a you know, YouTube I'm about to start a cooking video just type they go on you know <laughs> we, we'll get we'll get some traction on a video and it's like oh well are y'all actually keeping these are y'all actually eating it and stuff like that and it's like yeah we are you know what i'm saying like well, that's what we eat all year long so i don't know if if you guys i i'm i'm a huge podcast fan and listener you know so rogan has taken over the world in the last oh, couple sure. years but man like the way that he speaks like when he had like steve ranella and all those people on like the way that he describes the entire process of 
hunting and he said it so perfect uh, yeah I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but basically he's like do you understand that a bullet or an arrow to a vital organ to these animals is the most like human it is the most merciful death they would ever receive and then not only that it's not you know getting you know rotting half the corpse out there it's just sitting in the wild like it's coming home it's getting processed it's feeding families for years like he's like do you he goes whenever you walk into kroger or wherever you go and you see this just prepackaged meat and you're so disconnected from what that was at one point in time like it's just like you're desensitized to it and you don't care how it got there you're going to consume it either way but whenever you're actually in the trenches watching this thing you know live and, and be in its natural environment and you give it a merciful death and you honor it by bringing it home and you know giving it sustenance to you and your family like that's like the way that he worded that out, i was like oh shit like i'm not a hunter but i'm like that makes a lot of sense you know what i mean instead of just going through the mcdonald's drive through and getting whatever the hell that is on a patty or you know between two buns and you're like whatever no connection to it whenever you have that on the back end i'm sure that that's a little bit different whenever you look at it from that perspective yeah the least amount of hands on it possible is what i'm trying to go for on all that deal i mean don't get me wrong i'll buy some steaks and stuff and <laughs> yeah. yeah you can get it i mean if you're talking about making spaghetti or some tacos <laughs> and stuff like that like it's, you can't it's, tell a difference it's yeah. deer you know that i mean deer. my wife shot a deer last year and you know i mean she shoots a deer i shoot a deer you know my dad usually shoots a deer too and i mean we eat that all year so to say that's messed up to kill an animal i mean don't get me started on all that. <laughs> we're, we're here for it. Think Go. about, you know, think about if you don't, uh, I don't know. I think, I think hunters get a bad rap, but it's like in reality, I think that honestly we care more about the environment and about stuff like that, because that's like our passion. Like yeah. we want to take care of the outdoors and stuff like that. Cause that's what we love to do. And we're not just going out there and just killing stuff and dumping it in the ditch and stuff like that. Like we're, we're taking it home to our families or we're giving it away for people to eat it or, or whatever. But I, people just don't get it and it wears me out. And I've seen it so much <clears throat> a hundred fold since we, not that we're, you know, big time on Instagram or YouTube or anything like that. But just whenever you do have a video that gets traction, that is seen what beyond your audience, it just directly follows you people that are like well why would you do that or why would you do that and it's like people just think so differently than what you do and it's like do i even respond to that or do i just you know let that one go but to me it just makes sense man why would you not want to go out there and kill your meat i mean it's not like you're just going to shooting anything you want like you know eric knows he just shot a big mature buck you know yeah and he's you know if you look at his instagram he talks about man you know i'm thankful for this deer and this deer will provide me with food and you know it's bred back and it's made other deer and so like people just think hunters are neanderthals and it kind of honestly pisses me off but it is what it is that's the world we live in i feel like there's also a false perception of that too like you watch bambi and you think this is just happy thing frolicking around and like i mean a lot of deers are nasty animals when you get up on them man like they're not like what you think they are and but if they're you, wild animals there's no doubt about it for sure but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that part is, is cool, and, and a lot of people don't really necessarily touch on that. But what Rogan and, like, Ranella with the, with the Meat Eater series, I feel like that is super cool, especially for someone from my perspective who is, you know, admittedly not an outdoorsman. Like, man, he does, my God, everything. Every 
species, every continent, every state, every type of meat you could think of, this guy. But he, the way that that show is structured, like the gear that's required, the licensing, the amount of time it takes to set up to even get the permission to yeah, go. To, to like, draw a tag. And man, one of my... The spot. And yeah. And, a guy that knows where they are and like, hey, we got to go. We got to hike back 16 miles just to get to where we're going to glass for another... 10 miles or yeah and i mean like it's it's there's just a lot more that goes into it than like what you were saying you know just you know scoping up an innocent animal and just blasting it to oblivion like it's not, it's not like that at all i mean just like you know they're talking about i saw that deer i was chasing that deer last year you know and he had the chance to shoot it this year i mean yeah i don't know if we talked about that or not if you want to brag on that a little bit, you surely can, because that was yeah, a beautiful, that was a brag, beautiful buck. Yeah. I don't want to brag. Man, it's but a, I that's the biggest whitetail I ever Last shot. Last one, I yeah. promise. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've been deer hunting since I was, uh, I guess, probably thirteen or fourteen, and obviously haven't got a deer every year, but you know, most years to shoot a deer, if not if not a buck, a doe or two, and uh, that's where I get all my red meat. But uh, even when you're hunting for meat and stuff like that, man, you you know you're always you're always wanting to shoot a big buck, or I am. And um, yeah, um, last year I got back on a lease that was back near my hometown. Uh, I was on it about six years ago for one year, and I moved down here to DFW. Got off the lease because I thought I'd never get back up to hunt and stuff, and regretted that. And got back on two years ago, and. Uh, I uh, didn't shoot a deer on there last year, but put a lot of work in. You know, I uh, brought some stands in, cleared some spots, like just kind of set it up, set up my spot that would be, you know, ready for the long haul. Because I hope, hopefully, it's a place I can renew and keep hunting every year. Because it's, you know, it's a year-round lease. You can hunt any, you know, legal game animals on there. And uh, so yeah this year i was really stoked i was like man i had a year i put in a lot of work uh, set it up a lot better to hunt out of this year and man i've i've just been getting skunked I've been, i'm not getting skunked but i've been going out there and seeing nothing but like one two-year-old bucks and a lot of doe and stuff which i was just to the point i was like we'll wait till the end of the season i'll harvest me a couple doe because i had nothing like of you know no mature bucks on on camera i had um i had the same i had a i had this spike that like ran my my little area mm-hmm. he ran all these little deer off he was harassing doe during the during the rut and everything and just had a pretty bleak like uh outlook as far as like <laughs> shooting a big buck on my lease and uh i was up there last week uh, the week of thanksgiving i hunted like five days in a row morning and night nothing you know and so the next week i had like one more week before i really don't have like there's a couple weeks here in december where i can't hunt at all so i was like this is kind of my like my last good shot tool till pretty much the last week of december to try to get it done and uh went out on a wednesday uh got in my blind at like 2 30 in the afternoon and this biggest buck of my life strolls through at 3 30 in the afternoon and i put a good shot on him and I got there about two thirty in the afternoon. And it was about three thirty when he came strolling through there. Yeah, and never you, seen him before. Never. Well, I say never seen him before. I I thought that I had never seen him before, and then I started looking on his brow tines. He had one side broke off, but on the one side he had left, he had like a little slingshot, like a little forked brow tine. And I was like, man, I had this deer all last year that had two little forked 
brow tines and I pulled up a bunch of pictures from last year and ended up being the deer that I was playing cat and mouse with all all of last season and he just he messed up and he came back a, la- a year later named him slingshot <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome man that is awesome it was cool man and I honestly didn't even I didn't realize it was the same deer until a buddy of mine I'd sent him a picture after I shot that deer and he goes man that looks a lot like that one you were after last year and I was like oh shit and I started uh <laughs> I looked back I was like shit that is the deer I was after all last year but it, it was crazy because after last I had pictures of him like mid-December last year and I hunted till two days before the end of season last year and never got a shot on him but I kept running my camera and feeder for yeah a few months after that never got another picture of him never saw him again in person you know I've hunted since bow season of this year since the first of October never saw him again no pictures again and he just showed up randomly it was kind of meant to be i guess that's super cool man and w- one of my buddies um oh, well hold on before i move on to that you you said close to where you live and it was is it which well close to where i'm from which is uh henrietta wichita falls area wichita falls that's right okay gotcha it's not too too far from here either no you it's know. about two hours north two hours. yeah bringing some <laughs> everything else yeah, yeah. right about two hours you can right. get just about anywhere pick a direction and i mean you're, it feels like you're in a different freaking country yeah that's awesome man now that they took me duck hunting i've got these two tanks and like now i'm sitting there deer hunting i'm like there's two ducks on that pond. <laughs> yeah, i'm sure hey it'll make you you'll uh, start paying attention to it <laughs> every every uh pond that you drive by on the road you'll be breaking your well neck. now that because i usually don't you know um we dove hunt you know in september and then it gets closer to bow season i don't want to dove on my place to like blast out my area mm-hmm. and so there's always that late dove season that i never hunt and there's always tons of dove the split's because, always awesome, because i'm deer hunting and then now i'm like I'm well I, I shot my my big old bucks <laughs> i was like i could do some <laughs> duck hunting on my, my spot <laughs> now you <laughs> looking for sure Man, so, shot, were you just so jacked up when you shot that buck dude i called so you know you've been watching it for a year or two at least you know i I didn't even well that's the thing i didn't even know it was that deer until until later but um i knew i was on my phone in in a blind i've got this blind set up um on the like highest spot of my lease this big hill and uh, i tried bow hunting my this this new area where i moved and it was just hard to bow hunt hard to get in and out of there without spooking stuff and so i set up this rifle hunting spot hard. <laughs> yeah so i set up this rifle hunting spot and um i was farther away but that also meant like i'm further away for a shot or whatever so my feeder wasn't it's about 200 yards from the spot on the hill and uh so usually when you see deer i can see a lot more deer from that area but you know you got to pull up your binoculars and check them out mm. I saw this deer with my naked eye and I was there was no doubt I didn't even have to put the binoculars down I'll just grab my rifle you know immediately so I was just I I luckily like fought off the buck fever until like afterwards like (laughs) after I shot it really set in but I didn't I didn't panic or do the you know screw anything up beforehand but I was I was jacked 2022 was your year as far as hunting is concerned man Dude, just based I, upon the last like month or I so I text him and I was like <laughs> I shot after I shot that deer I sent him a picture I was like it's been a good week yeah, yeah. I went on my first duck hunt and limited out and then shot the biggest white tail I've ever shot you know, he sent me that later. I said man that's a solid three days right there <laughs> shit right you need to enter one of those lotteries to get pulled for a fucking elk no, now I'm just chasing that feeling I was like shit what do I do now <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what i'm saying though dude like if you go hunting with somebody like you know 
Eric's been hunting his whole life. Went duck hunting with us last week. Had a freaking blast. Like, my wife came out last year, shot a doe, which is, like, not a big deal. But, like, just to see her reactions, like, in her, first deer, yeah. her first deer and, like, beforehand when you're about to shoot it and you just, you know, you're, you're freaking yeah. – those emotions are just running wild and then you're just you know it's just oh you have so much passion for it and stuff and that's what people don't get that don't do it but i've never one time brought somebody out that's never done it that hasn't enjoyed it and hasn't been like oh, okay like now i see why you are so passionate about it yeah and there is i mean it's it's one thing to kill a bird but to kill a mammal you know pig or a deer and you walk up you know i've dropped one before and it was still alive when I walked. You know, it's it's not. You're talking about life, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're talking about life. Animal. It's not. Yeah. You know, just something ruthless. You know. Yeah, it's a we big all deal. have souls and everything. I promise you, me shooting it with my 270 in the neck is gonna be a lot better than it being in a slaughterhouse <laughs> right, and right. Well, shooting some kind of no country for old men type. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Carrying so. around a little air compressor, just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, Marfa. I promise you, them legs <laughs> followed up underneath it, man. They had a good life. <laughs> I'm sure everybody here can like think back to whenever you're from your backyard with a little, little pump, at, pump. Yeah, I was gonna say little pump action <laughs> pellet gun, and you you're shooting at a squirrel just for the hell of it, and you, next thing you know, it falls. You're like, oh my god, I just freaking killed something. It's a like, big deal. Yeah. And then you, like that is a. I, Every one of us has a like that first <laughs> feeling. Doesn't matter what it is, you know, whether you took down a freaking twelve point or a squirrel, you're like, like you mentioned, it's like, oh my god, you're like shaking. You're like, what the hell did I just do? You feel almost bad in a sense, but it's. it's Dude, I've it's, shot deer my whole life. I mean, not my whole life, but for a long time, I shot a bunch of deer, and I still, you know, get a rush even if I'm shooting a doe just to put some meat in the freezer. I mean, yeah. you still, you know, feel it before you pull the trigger. Yeah. And you still consider like, oh, is this this one old enough? Or like, same thing with like an experienced hunter yeah. does that. Yeah, know? absolutely. You're not just shooting anything just for. Some people do, you know, trophy hunters and stuff yeah. like that. Like they'll shoot a two or three year old deer that has a big rack just because it has a big rack. But I feel like it's the non-trophy hunters, the hunters, Boone and Crockett. You know, hey, hell, I'll shoot that. You know, but if they're like on the ranch, like you said. But people that actually care about what's going on. I mean. You're supposed to be like a. You're investing into that, you know, like you want to have big mature deer. You want deer to live for a long time and stuff like that. And I mean, really, with anything. I mean, Ranello was talking about. There's they're trying to pass some bill like where you can't shoot trophy buck over whatever certain size because they want want them to breed the rest of the population. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I got you. Like a certain size and age. (laughs) Like if it's two years old or whatever, if it's if it's a young buck, hmm. but I mean, it'll never pass. But yeah. that was on. Um, was it not Renella? So that was on the Texas uh, Buck Registry. So they were trying to pass that, saying basically like if the whole state, <clears throat> if the whole state manages like how an experienced hunter would want to, then obviously that brings bigger deer for the whole state of Texas. But I just don't see that ever happening, man. Because yeah. you can pass up on a three-year-old monster and think that it's going to be better next year or the year after that and then it'll hop the fence and somebody else will shoot it so exactly yeah i mean that's i just don't think i don't think a statewide program would work but i mean obviously you get these these ranches and stuff with with big deer that's because they've been doing that for so long yeah they've been knocking yeah that's, that's how you do so. it yeah and speaking of birds of, of of many different sizes and species here 
none of y'all grew up around this area, correct? Like Midlothian, Ellis County. No. Am I right? So I grew right. up in West West. All right. So all the people that are listening, that this is a this is definitely a hometown story. So <laughs> are any of y'all golfers or play yeah, golf? Well, well, I play golf. Same. <laughs> same. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. I'm a scratch golfer. Yes. Are you really? <laughs> no. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh shit. All right. So you play golf. Yes. So a, a couple years ago, there was a uh, a golf course. Not even literally five minutes up the road do y'all know where the driving range is on 67 what's it called uh uh pecan trails it was call that a golf course no it's not it was a well there's two kinds of golf there's like hey i'm gonna go play golf today and then there's i'm gonna drink beer and hit a golf ball later and and yeah yeah, exactly so anyways long story short about five minutes from where i'm from literally five minutes where we're sitting at there was a uh, a golf course it was called pecan trails and it was a 21-hole golf course that was literally no tee times were accepted. You just walked in. An old boy was back there with his coffee cup that probably didn't have coffee in it. And there was, like, that, that, that same gray hot dog rolling on that roller for fucking five years. And you bags of Cheetos and whatnot. And he was like, $20. No tax. No, you're 20 bucks. Go fucking play. So whenever you're 18 years old, 19 years old, and the weekend rolls around, you can't go to the bar. What do you do? You load up your natty lights and a you know Coleman cooler, and you go play 21 holes. Try to finish your 30 rack before the round's over, right? But anyways, all of that is to say there was one hole with water out there. One. <laughs> and uh, there was a fucking emu, or emu, however you pronounce it. Yes, like a ostrich basically massive bird that was just like known like oh yeah you're from Midlothian the the goat track golf course with the <laughs> fucking emu on it oh, we're emu like trails yeah right right <laughs> so anyways like it was kind of like a mythical creature you never really heard about or you always heard about it but you never saw it and then you go out there that one day and you're like oh my god it's real this thing is like six foot tall just running around the golf course we're like what is happening dude we're in ellis county That's and cool. uh yeah anyways long story short like we always like this mythical creature and it ended up it passed away because it fell in the one hole that had <laughs> had water on it right up the road swim? yeah I, I don't know a thing about it yeah. Y'all are the duck, or I mean the the, the hey, bird experts. <laughs> never hunted emus before. It's a bird, right? It would be exotic, and I probably would shoot it. I, I'm telling you, I I guarantee you, all my friends are going to text me, be dying laughing because they haven't thought about that bird in that's ten right. years, man. But it was a real thing, and like you're out there, that's a sight to be seen. I don't know if you ever seen like an ostrich or one of those up probably, close. Yeah. It's massive, dude, and it just fucking what a stupid animal just like <laughs> what a weird design that is yeah. like just probably the pro shop guys ride home the <laughs> emu. <A> little <laughs> i'm not trying to throw shade on anybody but uh i played pecan trails one time and they knew what it was i don't even the we like are, we got for nice we got lost dude because we couldn't like really tell what the deal was out there so brother it's less than a dollar a My hole buddy, and uh, it's 21 holes i don't, I don't remember if you remember 21. patty that used to work here but uh he was like, yeah, man, let's play this uh, golf course in Midlothian, and it's BYOB, it's 20 bucks, and it has free balls. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Went out there and was like, uh, why don't we just go play golf or we go duck hunt out and just hit some balls? Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's one of those ones where like, oh, what's the course record? You know. Yeah. Where's the first tee? Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God, we got Shout out John there. Daly. Honestly, that's how all these hunts go like you have like some dumbass story that's not even about the hunt or the kill most of the time like oh you know remember Wes he jumped in and got 
you know, if yeah, water's full dude, of water, it just... couldn't dry them out for two weeks. Or, oh, you remember? Things are still he, wet. He, yeah. He pushed the kayak away yeah, from Eric. He didn't have any wet wives, <laughs> and, he, you know, he walked around, you know. <laughs> didn't have any wet wives. Hey, well. shout out dude wives. We're trying to get a sponsorship for that. <laughs> hey, marketing at its finest. shit outside for three years. <laughs> <laughs> bought a case of dude wives like a month ago and sent in the group chat. It was like 14 things of dude wives. He's Mr. Prepared all the time. I'll give him that. One of my buddies got, uh, uh, he actually won the lottery to get, Whoa. that sounded terrible. <laughs> won a lottery uh, to be chosen for a mule deer hunt up in Colorado. That's awesome. And he was just, I mean, fired up. And he's like, you know, pretty standard hunter. But he was like, I mean, bought the night vision goggles. He went all out. And he cracked me up, dude. I think he texted me at like 2 in the morning. He's like, bro, check this out. And it was <laughs> like a literal toilet seat with like three legs on it. He was like, you don't hunt this is clutch this is the best thing i bought this far he literally bought like a portable toilet seat for it's just him. a seat and he poops through it literally just a seat yeah. <laughs> that would be nice but sometimes it, finding a good log is hard man <laughs> hey, yeah a good tree or a good big tree that's not a mesquite to lean up against <laughs> i got pee with waiters on you gotta <laughs> hey i got a buddy brett man and he we give him shit all the time because I've hunted with him and stuff my whole life, and he'll have some kind of makeshift toilet on his boat and his <laughs> deer stand. It don't matter where he's at, dude. He's got a, you know, whether it's a bucket with some uh, inflatable things on the side to make it more comfortable. <laughs> he's always got a plan B when it comes to that, man. He's not go. just popping a squad in nature. He's got it figured out. All right, so we, we've talked about this quite a bit, but walk me through what it looks like for a TX rig hunt because it sounds like there's you know everything from tequila shots to 3 a.m wake-ups to waiters uh getting water up to the titties and then coming home with a full bounty so what what are we looking at here that's about it (laughs) (laughs) now we try not to start drinking until after the at least the first shot i'll say that (laughs) first duck is when you can crack a beer you know if things are slow you can crack a beer but uh hopefully birds are flying and you're and you're not uh even worried about cracking a beer but that's the thing i cracked a couple beers that i spilt the entire things on the ground because i'd <laughs> yeah. open it set it on some uneven ground and then bird would fly by and then i'd look <laughs> yeah. down one time i looked down i have a little pouch uh full of shells and my beer is just pouring into my shells <laughs> yeah, eric, eric smoked one and he's like oh man i spilled my beer <laughs> Hey, all that being said, though, to like, you know, we're we're not just out there making a fool of ourselves. No, and that's what I was saying. It I mean, is like, different, though, and people, you know, so like, it's different when you wake up at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. So, so you wake up. Wes, honestly, a lot of the times got the longest trip because he lives in Arlington area. We usually made it the old Whataburger. Um, but yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, train of thought went right out the window. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Yeah, man, it's been a good time. Shout out Tuesdays. Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday. Texas Rig Tuesdays. <laughs> I like that. Tuesdays. I like that. It is Texas. Well, that's actually Eric Willis's next single. Hey, we modeled that up in a contract whenever we took him out there. So, and a ten point. So, um, so sorry, kind of circling back here before we got. So I was gonna say, like, if I were to meet up with you, if you were to take me on my first hunt, what what are we looking at here? We usually meet at our Whataburger spot. At about 4.15. So however long that's going to take you to get up and get all your stuff ready and meet us over there. So head out there. It's about an hour. 
and get set up because uh, shooting light is 30 minutes before the sun comes up. So that's usually about, like the other day, it was 638, I think 638, it was. yeah. yeah. Eric was kayaking across the channel, and the birds are just 638, dropping. 638, but Wes was drowning in his waders. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you try, to, you try to get out there about an hour early because we got, you know, decoys and stuff to throw out. Decoys, your hide. Uh, yeah, just to get everything set up. And then, honestly, man, that first, like, 20 minutes before shooting light is just a spectacle like without your gun in your hand like it's just so much fun like dude if you've never done it like those ducks will come in at first light and it literally sounds like planes flying over you yeah, yeah. it's crazy it's pretty, dude. like it's honestly insane. i enjoy that part of it as much as i do being in the thick of it shooting i'm like that first light before shooting time when you can't pull the trigger but you're sitting there watching them come in it's it's unbelievable it really is yeah and it really is therapeutic like even if you go with like your buddies or whatever but if you're by yourself like just a man in nature is it's where we're supposed to be right? primal it shit you, yeah it makes you feel good um but yeah once that so you you get the water burger you you drive you, you're driving <laughs> that's the prerequisite water get the water burger it's a good spot tough. to start we gonna have yeah. hey we gonna have a dozen people need us at water burger <laughs> we're talking, <laughs> yeah we're talking strategy the whole way down They're like we got down the there. taquitos yeah. Yeah. we've been talking all week about what, how we're gonna set up yeah we talk on the way down there hour down there hey this is what's gonna happen this 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 never does Eric, you're gonna go park the truck we're gonna be ready we're gonna give you the kayak you're just gonna scoot on over we're gonna be ready Hell no! Everything is <laughs> out the window. If you don't forget something, it's Eric's not like, a, throw me my gun. <laughs> like, I'm ready to blast something. Yeah. So if you come with us, it's probably gonna be chaos. It uh, is, dude. But, but we you're gonna have, have a blast. But all that cast was done in like five minutes, and then we were over there and set up. And once we were set up, I mean, all we did was blast birds. You know, it was, that's what's yeah, nice. Once we're set up, we're pretty professional. <laughs> you know, unit going on. We know what we're doing. So is this like a, you know, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I feel like this is a, a valid question. So is TX Rigged Outdoors, like, are y'all possibly down the line, like, you know, trying to be like an outfitter? Is that the proper term? Like, where you, like, take Man, I people? Would, I, I would say, say that. Um, I would say no. I mean, first of all, we're hunting on a we're land that is not ours. Yeah, we're hunting on private land. So that's where... I got you. So okay. we are very lucky and blessed to be able to have we're just a group access of to that. that yeah. To hunt together is all it is, really. That's a cheat code. Like, people people hear this if, like, real true duck hunters hear this. Oh, they're private. Anyone can do that. They're certain. You just got to pull the trigger. Well, yeah, man, baby, but... You but don't if have you access to it. Right. Yeah. 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 No, dude, it's... No, uh, don't, you know, hate the... What is it? I hate the player. Hate the game. There you go. We I'm talked about that. <laughs> playing the cards I was dealt. We talked about that when we started. Like we don't want it. We don't want it to take away from our hunting experiences. It's just like we have so much fun, like with the boys out there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. that's that's the biggest part. Is like even I mean we've had hunts where we shoot you know five birds and between five of us and it's just it's. Yeah, it's so it's much really, fun. It's really never yeah. like we're talking about so much about the meat and this and that. Yeah. Like, really, it's about the camaraderie. It's literally there, so the much about with the boys. so much about just hanging out with your buddies and having a good time and you know getting away from the metroplex and the daily grind and yeah, getting absolutely. out there and being in nature and uh, 
for us and we've had like since we started posting stuff there's been several people that are like so you're y'all guiding like can we get on or whatever and it's like nah dude like we're not guiding like that's what i was looking for guys yeah. i said outfit you know what i mean well outfit, yeah, is, yeah, outfit yeah. is the same thing okay. um honestly years. like me personally I mean, I have a hospitality background, you know, I'm the gym here and I think it would be cool to do that. I don't have the land access to that or anything like that. That's I agree. So, I mean, I think it would be super dope to do that. Um, for us, when we started it, it was kind of more just, you know, we're still in the beginning. I mean, hell, dude, we fun, got, yeah. Yeah, we got 160 say, followers on Instagram. We're not doing anything right now. You hate to say, oh, it's our little, it's our little thing. Like, you don't want to put little. I mean, it's our thing. We put a lot of time into it. But you're talking about two months, like, we've grown it to what it is now. And, like, it, it's for awesome, us, man. like, we were talking about um, some of the dudes that we follow, you know, it's like, oh, like, that, you know, these people sent me a couple cases of shells or something like that. Like, I think that would be cool as hell. Like, get some waves yeah, or something. You know, like, get a no big enough. No free shout outs. Get a, big <laughs> enough, get a big enough following, you know. To where, no free shout out. Yeah. To so. where uh, dive bomb industries. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just. Yeah. But we yeah. always said too, like if it if it doesn't grow at all or anything like that, like we have it to look back on. Like we're documenting stuff. Absolutely, Versus man. This is just having three hundred photos. Like we can throw together a video and we can look. Like we'll have that video forever. Dude, and y'all are y'all are at the point because I don't know, you know, your your thought process. But I mean, you're gonna have kiddos or whatever. Like that's a pretty cool thing to look back on. That's just something we like I, to do for fun. The, the, just the camaraderie between you guys is like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's apparent and like, it's, I don't know. I learned so much today already. You know, we've been doing this shit for an hour and 15 minutes and I'm like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Cause I, I didn't know the first thing about it. And if it's something you're passionate about and the only thing that you're doing is documenting something that is already happening, you just happen to have somebody there to capture it. Like, why not, man? What's the worst, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I mean, we're, that's kind of what we said like we don't want to we don't want it to take away from like our experiences to where we're so focused on that that we're not doing what we usually do yeah that's kind of why we were like man this is buy a couple gopros strap into our head and hope to hit record which we usually don't yeah <laughs> you know or you I just mean, take a picture yeah or they just hit burst whenever eric's shooting a stud bubblehead but uh but man you'd yeah, much man, rather that happen than and miss a duck because yeah, you're work. Sure. <laughs> then you're trying to get the video going that was kind of the deal like mm -hmm. when we started like we don't want it to take away from that but um but whatever comes from it comes from it man but if not like i mean we're not spending so much time that it's like you know we're wasting our time it's kind of just yeah it's kind of something that we like to do so yeah so i have to ask you guys have all been friends for a long time i have buddies who are musicians and i always fuck with them and i play their music at, at any moment at any time like if there's like at a party or whatnot like i'm like i'll just put all my friends music there they hate it is the eric willis music bumping at the at the duck hunts once it <laughs> once, once the grill comes out i mean are we man you know i kind of thought about that because, <laughs> uh, i didn't know the rule on that i haven't made like, a reel with his music honestly like me and me and eric like we've known each other and been been friends for a while but like we've never really hang out like one-on-one -on -one, like with my me and my friends outside of like what we've done in the past and i was kind of like man i've got a lot of eric willis on my texas country music playlist like 
if we're cleaning birds and shit, like if that comes on, is yeah, that kind of uh, weird or for, not? You yeah, know? For, like, turn that shit off. Hell, dude, Eric. Hey, I can't hey. stop. That was me, hey. my wife's wedding. Our, our shout out. That's yeah. a yeah. dude. That's a Hell, beautiful song, this, man. Look, he came up to benefit. Uh, used to play that for our little wedding reception up here. So, so I asked before the podcast if it was okay to talk about this because a lot of my listeners are music fans and i i oh, for sure i had no idea y'all are friends I'm, i've been to multiple eric shows i, I do enjoy yeah, his he's music a regular at beef yeah beef. hey beefs baby let's go oh. so like okay from from an artist's point of view like is that cool like whenever you're writing your music recording it like do you would you ever picture no nah, man this is some some shit that my buddies might play on the tailgate whenever they're cleaning ducks or something like that no i never really um it's uh it's cool when it happens like organically like your song comes up or whatever but you you do have the some people who just like will purposely like they see you come in they're like oh i'm gonna play one of his songs and then try to make it a big deal and i'm like uh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of weird <laughs> yeah for sure well it's not weird i mean it's kind of it's flattering you know what they're trying to do but then all of a sudden you're like all right well, let's change it now i don't want to listen to the whole fucking song <laughs> i was there yeah. but like i said if it comes up on someone's playlist i don't i don't ever care about that yeah. stuff but it's just something like shit i'm on the playlist that's yeah, gotta I mean, feel cool man the music, yeah, yeah dude like, and don't that, expect me to but it is hard to like i don't know you may know from being a podcaster it's it it's sometimes hard to listen back to yourself oh my god and, and the more you do it <laughs> it's the, the worst <laughs> there's this like this real sweet time like when you get done recording something when you're really stoked on it and it like just happened and like kind of like right when you finish a record or something like that when you're like listening back to everything you're like fuck yeah this is good and then you kind of then after that it's like all right i don't want to i've listened to that so many times because like in the recording process like you know, to record a song that you, you hear that song no less than four or five hundred times, you know, and every little verse and chorus of it broken down hundreds of times and stuff like that. So by the time, like I said, you're finally happy with it and you put it out in the world, you're you're kind of over sick of it. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then the, like the older the recording, the the more different you sound, mm -hmm. because like my earlier recordings, like I think sound like shit, but we have some some of my earliest recordings are some of the most streamed so it's like obviously people are liking it but to me i just sound so much different these days that i'm like fuck how could you even enjoy that yeah so <laughs> and people do you know so it's oh, like yeah. I'm, i definitely don't hate on people listening to that earlier stuff but it's just hard for me to of sit there and listen to it too well yeah i mean i think it comes with like personal growth especially if it's your your profession you know um is, is that your your full-time job is yeah that's it that, that's awesome dude and your 2012 ep which was literally called ep right or eric willis EP, or summer 12 yeah. yeah and then and then the 13 man like I, shit i i didn't know you from adam before you walked in here but like that was streamed multiple times and i i i really enjoyed that music and my, my wife we've had you know a lot of really good memories to your music you know date nights over the years yeah. you know just whatever you know i also enjoyed how you took a lot of your popular early versions of those songs and like i don't want to say restructure them we you did and it, but, but like you 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 put them out in different versions and and the the further you got along in your career right and what was cool is like seeing the progression of it because you stayed true to it but like it's like you said just now about like listening back on you're like oh i wish i could have put a you know yeah and it's crazy because at the time you know when i was recording those things 
obviously when you get to the point where it's done and you put it out like you're happy with it you're satisfied with it you think that's a good thing to put out and I, at the time i was like i don't regret any of that stuff but you look at it 12 years later with all the wisdom you have now and you're like shit i would have done this i would have yeah. done this i would have done this and you can't go back and change any of that shit yeah but you can release a new version of the song kind of playing it how you like it now or like you know we've had songs evolve just the way we play them live over the years mm -hmm. has changed the whole you know vibe of the song and of we're course. like well fuck let's put out a version and that's the beauty of like this the new age of of releasing music and all this and how easy it is now it's a lot easier to record a, a new version of a song and put it out just because you fucking want to you know yes. i mean you don't you don't have to jump through you know hoops and do all this stuff to release music you don't have to have a label you don't have to you could just literally rec i mean if you wanted to you could record a song here on your iphone and put it out the next day like it's it's pretty i was just telling ej that today because he was mentioning and some of it sound better than the shit that, that you released 12 years ago you know so uh just like seeing the progression because dude like I, that album was it was 2012 which was I mean, what, 11 years ago? Oh, my God. So that, it was, yeah, it was released almost 11 years ago. God and then those almighty. songs were written three to five years before that. That shit, to me, is, like, ancient. But, like, uh, That Makes Two of Us is one of the songs off that first EP. The best. And it's got, like, over three million streams on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's like one of the most streamed deal. things. And it's, like, old as shit. And I don't want to listen to it and everything. But, like, it obviously connects with three million people. So I'm, like... <laughs> What am I to like yeah. say well, anything I was about that? I was just say like, <laughs> no. well, it's always also it's also weird to like receive you know recognition and praise for what you do. But hey, man, from somebody that didn't know you before tonight, your music has you know hit with me a lot over the years, and I appreciate it. So you, you know that that's I mean that's what we try to accomplish with it for sure. So yeah. anytime someone says that, yeah. it means a lot. Sure. Oh, don't even get me started on the horn section on day. I was like. Oh, let's go. Those horns. You may be able to blow a duck out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said I Can't Stop was our uh, wedding song. The horn version of I Can't Stop. Yes, man. That, that, that sexy sax. Hey, song. I was like, do I have enough money to get Eric up to Broken Bow with some horn players yeah. to play this for me? I got to get some extra cash. And that's another thing that evolves with time, man. I had been wanting to put horns on my records for years now, and either like didn't know the right players or like couldn't afford to do it back in the day you know because that's you know we had three different horn players on that record that you know recorded for seven or eight songs so you're paying them by the song by the person for all this money and i'm like Whew. i just couldn't even feasibly do that when i was first started recording yeah. stuff and i've been wanting to and wanting to and i finally got to do it with that last record and that's really i love that's the really direction I was, I was wanting to so i don't know if i heard it through the grapevine or you know another podcast or whatever but was there supposed to be a, a secondary like a complimentary album today that was supposed to be night or something or? so there there still is <laughs> so um yeah um that record was supposed to be so that was we were gearing up to record the year of 2020 or whatever so like that year before we're getting ready to record and uh, we even had studio time, like we had some stuff done, but we had studio time booked to record. We had like 14, 15 songs that we were going in to record. And we started on like half of them. We got like six or seven tr halfway like tracked and then COVID hit. And that's, we were kind of left with uh, 
that first so the album was supposed to be day and night and was supposed to release in these two separate uh, like seven track uh, whatever you want to call them EPs half an album but um COVID hit and kind of halted all obviously like recording like studios everything but we had these like seven songs that were pretty much done that we could get by like recording one more day and finishing up these songs so we finished up those songs and put them out like I believe it was January of 21 like we kind of worked through that rest of that year I mean we we're kind of halted for like six seven months right. we didn't do anything yeah and then finally got these songs buttoned up and finished and then did um, release the day, which was supposed to be the first half of day and night, January of 2021, with thoughts of releasing the second half, like at the end of 21. Right. And then just with COVID and then with how everything like kind of picked back up in 2021, that kind of got pushed to the side. And then we've been slowly like finishing that next batch so the plan is, um, I don't even think this is a, this is an exclusive record. Hey, rated JG exclusive. But, uh, so the that, plan is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to text you later. All this shit. Um, Cody. So we're, we're like a day of tracking away from finishing the rest of those songs. What the plan is though, is to pull, um, the day album off for a, real short amount of time and then re-release it as a full like 15 track uh, album uh, and so awesome. so that's the plan uh we still got to finish up that other one and then like i said there will be a little buffer time a few months when that one is pulled and we re-release because we didn't get to do a release like we normally do for album because like an album you usually do a single a single touring like while you're releasing this album we didn't get to do like 2021 we're just now like starting to maybe play a couple shows again right we didn't but we had all these songs that we were sitting on so we're like we'll just release what we have people have been waiting you know it's been a whole year of nothing so we did release them but it didn't make the splash like that all of our other records had done even with the indie release like just because people you know when you don't get to tour a record it's just it doesn't make as big of a deal and so we I'm glad we put it out and it's had some good response, but I don't think it's had the response that it could have if we would have backed it up with like a three month tour after you release an album. And so, like I said, we're the plan is to pull that once we have everything finished, release a couple singles from the whole record, and then drop it all as like I said, like a fifteen track album. That's that would be dope. That's so cool. And yeah, I mean, I, I could totally get on that because I'm assuming that we're all, you know, fans of, of similar types of music here. Like you mentioned from the from the artist standpoint, putting all this time, putting all this effort, bringing in, you know, this, this horn section on top of your regular tracking and whatnot, like, and then laying this down, sitting on it for a long time, and then maybe the... Uh, the fulfillment i don't that might not be the proper term but like the fulfillment of it is like hey you, these live people here i am showing you what i spent so much time on in the studio right and yeah. if that part is you know kind of stripped away from you it might not have the same effect uh, i mean obviously the, the music is still the same but like you know just the the release the the, the positive reinforcement you oh, get yeah, from and we get to this day because it, like i said it wasn't a huge release where you do this album release tours and all these album release yeah. shows i have people to this day it's like oh i didn't even know you put out a new record you know it just it sleeps through the cracks it's like 
how many times of a Facebook post like that you never saw that you're like, why didn't I see that? It just, yeah. it doesn't come up in the algorithm, just all these reasons. And so we were like, it just kind of didn't get the, what we were wanting to get out of the end, like what we've got off of all the other albums. And so it's like, we knew it was going to be a weird time to put out music, but we kind of been sitting on it for so long yeah. and we wanted to give people something to fucking listen to, you know, <laughs> of course it had been years, you know, and we had planned it to come out, like I said, early 2020 and then all hell broke loose so dude we caught y'all at the post pretty pretty quick after that right and then i think so yeah full band yeah. and that's the first time i've seen you full band since like iron horse or whatever the hell that and that was a thing like when when music first started like live music started coming back after covid it was still just like small acoustic shows that stuff was like such that. a badass show dude that's like one of my favorite shows yeah. that we've seen y'all play it's like cocktail tables and like it's the best it was full, but it wasn't like standing room full. It was like stuff, dude. And so it was awesome, man. To me, like if you're a music fan, you're going to, well, in, in theory, if you like, you know, good music, they're eventually going to blow up and they're going to get to bigger venues. But like if you, if you catch those artists that have like a more intimate listening room, like I always go back to this, man, like Sean McConnell at the Kessler is like a, a damn near like a religious experience. Yeah, you're spiritual. like, you're, it's, it's like, <laughs> like no one is hooting and hollering no one is doing shots it's like those kind of shows like you're just mentioning with somebody that you that is something that's like you, you can't put a price tag on that i mean yeah it's awesome to go to at&t and sit in the nosebleeds and hear metallica fucking blast it out but yeah, like dude, i'd rather go to real intimate yeah type show like yeah that. so as an artist eric what what part of the process do you enjoy more like making that banger singing the banger singing a new song that you're not for sure about or where where do you find most enjoyment out of being who you are i think definitely my favorite is the live performance um i love the recording side of things but you don't get that like immediate reaction of people whether it be good or bad like you don't get that fulfillment or like reaction until like way later when you release something because like I said, there's months of the writing process. The recording takes weeks. The, the mixing takes weeks. The going back and forth of all these different, you know, mixes and mastering and all this stuff. You're hearing all this stuff, and it takes so long for, like, someone to hear your this thing that you made that, like we were telling you, by the time you, you get it to that point, you're you're just tired of even hearing the song. Yeah, well, that's why. Like, and so it's nice. A question. And so it's nice, like because most of those songs that you're recording are songs that you tried out live or you've been playing live and so it's nice like breaking in those new songs and like getting a response from them for oh, like a right. song a oh, song I that, never heard this that no one knows yeah. and they're like what the fuck song is this you know mm -hmm. and you can tell people are getting into it and you know they don't know the song and so you're like well if they're enjoying this and they don't even know it it's got to be there's got to be something there you know? dude what's yeah. uh I forget the name excuse me I've listened to him a hundred million times the come give us your money we'll give it like the church the church yeah song. it's just called give us your money yeah give us your money yeah you played that at the post and we're belting it like <laughs> always man and everybody's walking up there and just throwing money <laughs> <in the guitar. laughs> and i'm like oh my god dude eric is killing i've seen him a, a lot more times acoustic because he's I feel which like, is preferable for I me. I feel like you've always kind of like, you know, been in and out of bands or whatever, like since the last 10 years that I've known you when you were yeah. Rose 
yellow rose or whatever the hell that was <laughs> back in the day but uh yeah dude you played that at the very end i was like dude they're murdering it right now <laughs> like people are walking like the ladies are like but, shaking dude, the money and like dude, throwing it in the deal and all that so that that line you were like oh about the church or whatever the the best part to me about music is everyone interprets it and and internalizes lyrics and the background of a song based upon what they're feeling at that moment in time it is what it needs to be to you so like you may write a love ballad or a, a whatever the hell it may be and one person could take something away from that that's like oh my god this is the best thing i've ever heard the other person's like oh my god this reminds me of so and so and like that has got to be super cool as an artist to be like you know what the interpretation was you wrote it you oh i can tell it. you every single word of that song i just yeah, couldn't well and i like you have to <laughs> let i think people, that's brilliant though you have to let people interpret it how they are even if it's like not what you meant right you know? so it's like well if that's what it means to you you know like we have this song it's called keep you forever and um it's this song so i wrote it with an old bandmate of mine ben atkins and we wrote it with the intent of like having two different meanings, like having this like happy-go-lucky love song, but then also you can hear it. It's the same exact lyrics, but you can hear it in this like creepy like stalker vibe type song. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And so we made this <laughs> we made this song like that, and we we go to make a music video for it, and we're like, dude, let's make wow. two separate music videos for it, like one like creepy ass weird like vibe, and then one like happy-go-lucky dancing in a sunflower field like and then we figured out like what music videos cost and we're like we can only do one of those <laughs> and we're doing the fucking creepy one <laughs> Shit, we're doing the creepy one <laughs> and so so that's the version we put out for like a music video and then i've had i mean dozens and dozens of people be like oh that was our first dance at our wedding and i'm like did you see the fucking video right but <laughs> and, did you watch it but, till the end because but they didn't and that's the way they interpreted it was their fucking wedding song and so it's like well if that's what it means to you that's what it is you know did you write those lyrics uh, with just that one co-writer yeah, or ben atkins so and that was your intention from the beginning was we were like, writing like every line we were going to like where you could be it could be happy or it could be creepy crazy. And so if you listen to it yeah. in either mood yeah. like if you just think creepy when you listen to that that's all you'll hear right. if you think happy and it's just like what state of mind yeah. you're in if I've you're in love with you know i love that about music is because like a lot of like the biggest songs like you'll ever hear like oh dreams fleetwood mac think about like what stevie nicks was going through at that time when she wrote it and like you know the breakup and whatnot and then like how many people read that and or listen to that and they're like take it in a totally and that was a number one possibly top 100 songs like ever written ever and she wrote it in like 15 minutes at the foot of her bed because she was going through like a breakup like you think that she meant for people to interpret that in like a happy-go-lucky way? Probably not, but no, no. But like that was her, like she was going through like drugs and whatnot, and like they had like a terrible breakup, and she like said that she woke up in the middle of the night and wrote that at the foot of her bed in like 17 minutes, and I was like, Damn. you wrote that's that song that quickly, and like imagine how that's interpreted to the masses, you know, not just here, I mean, all over the world. Then you and like the skateboarding guy just. Right, yeah, with the uh, ocean spray. Billions viral. I also seventeen-year-old kids are know that song. And I also think about that too because, like, she was in like a probably like a deep, dark spot. I don't know how the hell we got on Stevie Nicks, but you know, she was in that spot, and it becomes such a cultural, like, phenomenon. She will have to relive that for the rest of her career because it is 
what it is. And like, I'm sure later on in life, she can probably interpret it different ways, but like, that's gotta be, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a singer. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not a creative. I don't know about that, but yeah, could great. you imagine going out there and doing that every night? <laughs> Pay, pays the bills. Yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite covers he does is Landslide. Oh, Stephen yeah. X, man. He kills that. Oh yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And she's, she's awesome. Oh yeah. The, the Dixie chicks got a hold of it too. And then there yeah. was like a, Whole nother the chicks. Oh, I'll play, yeah. the, I'll oh, play that song. Not, the chicks. We're yeah. not trying to have this. You know, good, I'll play that song, and someone will come up and they're like, "Do you know any more Dixie chicks?" And I'm like, "Bitch, please, <laughs> you don't even know, <laughs> bitch." <laughs> Earl had the <laughs> those black eyed peas. Oh <laughs> oh, That's man. the best, uh, man. She already knows my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, good lord. You know, <laughs> listening to your songs, <laughs> dude. I've had some uncomfortable conversations with some people. And we're like, son, you don't know what your music yeah, did man, for me. She's got me delayed. I'm like, man, if I can, if I can help you out in that matter, yeah. that's, that's just great. Oh boy, she already knows. <laughs> she knows now if she didn't before. <laughs> yeah, she. Dude, it's funny. Like when he plays up here, obviously, like we do music every now and then up here, uh, and I'm like, yeah, man come up here play some play some acoustic and stuff and he's always down for it and i'm always kind of like dude like eric willis is playing up here you know whatever like uh and then you've got half of drunk rednecks just here for this saturday that are just bullshitting and having their own good time and then you got half the people that are here that are just like zoned in just listening to every word that he says you know that's the beauty of what we're just talking about that's that <laughs> dichotomy of like hey man like that's background noise that i enjoy or that's well there's some I'm people here that for like it, music you know? like, does like, nothing for them yeah. yeah you know what i mean like and it doesn't matter frustrating for an artist i've always wondered that like I, i've done it so long now that it's just become part of the, the deal because I've seen, you know, I, one of my favorite artists is, is Sean McConnell. And I think his, you know, his songwriting, his vocals and everything is like literally like breathtaking sometimes. It's like all inspiring, jaw dropping. Stop what you're doing. Listen to this motherfucker. And then I'll I'll sit next to a table of two ladies just talking about their week. And I, I don't understand how it can't mean the same thing to them, yeah. but it just doesn't. So it's like you have to get past that thinking that you can just make a fan out of every single person that's in the room because you'll you'll never do that and it it just means so much it, and it varies from like diehards to don't give a fucks and then there's the in-between people that like you know and so it's so crazy how it can mean you know so many different things to so many different people but like you have to you have to accept it and try to win the ones that it means something to for sure i actually i heard a uh, i don't i think it was like a it might have been a podcast with with Sean McConnell or an interview or, or something this was a long time ago and he was talking about how he's had success in the I'm not going to say country cuz I don't consider Texas music country it's it's more rock than anything now but like okay. Texas music you know yeah he's like this was years ago he was like man I'm a dude with a faux hawk from Massachusetts he goes, I have no idea why the fuck they like me in Texas. He goes, that that Randy Rogers tune, he wrote a, you know, that, uh, what the hell is that he song? He did called? the uh, MR Yeah, Buy Myself a Chance. And then he, he did a bunch of work with like a lot of Texas country icons. And he's like, dude, he goes, I'm a skinny dude with a faux hawk, and these are big old burly country boys. And like, they just accepted me. They loved what I was doing. He goes, he goes if you were to ask me where my biggest market would be, Texas would have been the last 
thing. I thought he was, but they freaking love me. And he's like, and I go play these, like, not, I mean, he's played Billy Bob's and like the bit, you know, Whitewater and things like that. But he's like the listening rooms, like the Kessler, like $250, dollars cap. I mean, 300 people cap. You can hear a pin drop. He goes, do you have any idea what that does to a person like me? I am not from here. I am not like these people, but like their version of what they think of like as music, you know, the, the buy myself a chance, you know, the, you know, she ain't met my Texas yet. And then they hear my music and they shut up. He's like, bro, that's Dude, game so over. The first time I saw Sean McConnell, I was maybe 18, maybe 19. It was like my first year of college. Uh, we had this little, uh, dance hall in Wichita Falls called Outskirts and it was just Texas country artists you know we had Stoney Wade Bowen Randy Rogers Brandon Ryder all these guys coming through there before I even knew any of these guys but I was there at a at a Wade Bowen show and like I used to go to those shows just to dance with chicks like they were sold out and if you knew how to dance you could dance with a chick all night long skip all the like bullshit you're just like hugged up on a girl talking to her ear that's like if you could dance you'd like skipped all those steps yeah. so i'm there at a wade bowen show dancing all along and he goes i got a buddy that's gonna come out and play a couple songs for you and it was sean mcconnell and he played three songs and fucking silenced mm-hmm. this like roadhouse rowdy it's crazy saloon. he silenced his place and this was back in my state myspace music yeah because the next day i went to Sean McConnell's MySpace and like added Lie Baby Lie to my, oh my, my fucking MySpace page. Like that's that's how I discovered uh, him and I had never seen friends. something like that. I've never seen someone like silence <laughs> that top eight. That that, that <laughs> top <you know>. eight. <laughs> yeah. He's he got added on it dad. was but you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Texas has a different appreciation because because we have so much music everywhere, every night of the week you know almost everywhere like you're you're kind of used to it but you also like have a different appreciation for it than than someone who only sees a live band once every couple or three months you know it's a different thing you can't appreciate it the same you know i feel like the the whole texas country thing is kind of thrown off to you because it's like you look at eric and like other like you look at i mean even the whole spectrum is so broad right now. I wouldn't even consider it country. Like Eric, That's majority not of it's not. Eric it's can not. go to like Sean McConnell, and then it's like you've got your like Austin Mead, who's like more rock, and you've got you know Co Wetzel's blowing up right now. He's rock, I feel like. But I mean, just so many people that I feel like don't fit into the. When we were in high school in earlier days, it was Stony Lou, Randy Rogers, Wade Bowen, like young dudes, Eric, Johnny Cooper, people like that. Johnny, I mean, like yeah, Johnny sure. Cooper. I feel like that all kind of fit in the same like stigma as what you listen to, but nowadays I feel like just because there's a Texas person, it's kind of you know it's different. Like it's to me, it's not necessarily country because you think country like still guitar and you know winding it out type deal. But. Yeah, I think Texas should be its own genre, whether it's Stevie Ray Vaughan or uh, Chopped and Screwed Houston. Oh, that's Texas, you know. Uh, you know, Eric Willis, he's from Texas. Texas, yeah. we're just trying to claim everything, so, uh, you know. Everything, you know. Why not? Yeah. It should be. But, yeah, the whole Texas country thing, man, it's just, uh, to me, I feel like I can see where some people are, you know, that's not country music, but not everything falls into the same type of deal because I feel like a lot of, like, we had, 
here at Beef Brady's, we, I mean, we had Giovanni and the Hired Guns play in uh, St. Patrick's Day a couple years ago before they got real big, and then they signed to a record label, and I mean, they're they're big time now, and you know, they're awesome. I mean, he, Gio's got so much talent; it's unbelievable, and his band's crazy, and they're doing big things. I mean, they, I'm pretty sure they opened for freaking like the Metallica types of the world at one of those big uh, rock fests and stuff. And, um, I mean, that's considered Texas country. So I just feel like there's there's a pretty broad spectrum as to what people think the whole Texas country thing is rather than sitting around the campfire and belting it out and having a bunch of drums and some tubas and some, you know, steel guitars and all that. I feel like it's just kind of a wide deal. But... I mean, I like all of it, man. We're going to see. I was telling Eric the other day. We're we're gonna go catch uh, Austin Mead in two weeks on a Saturday, and then on Sunday we're gonna go watch Charlie Robinson. So <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty much both sides of the spectrum. We're pumped sure. up about that, dude. Hey, I love I love me some Austin Mead, and hell, I've been listening to Charlie Robinson for a long time and never seen him live. So I'm pumped about that. I'm uh, glad it evolved, man. It used to be kind of awesome, dude. Yeah, I it kind of be like there was Texas country and that was like the country stuff, and then the red dirt was kind of like the more rock mm, stuff. Yeah, like that's what the, it was, no doubt. The ragweed. Oh, you know, Eli stony. Young, that's red dirt. Yeah, dude. you know that used to have that, but it's kind of evolved until like, I that guess a lot of people are just saying Texas music now. It's because it's where it's like you can't really classify everybody, man. I mean, you listen to you, and then you listen to Giovanni or Co. Or yeah, you know, but like, what is Leon Bridges? It's or like just what kinda, is, you know, it's, it's like, all over the place. He's from Texas, you know, and he's not anything but. What is you know? I'm, I'm glad it evolved to what it was because it kind of made a spot for folks like me and people that are like that in between or like lean a little heavier to one side or the other and you know it because it got you know we've played plenty of dance halls and stuff like that right but there's some of those places where our music isn't the best fit to where you know we're well, not that we don't play the type of stuff that you can dance to i mean two step two for three hours in yeah, a row for sure but we're also not you know we're not a straight up rock show with pyrotechnics and stuff like that. Like <laughs> I, it just varies so much. And to be kind of in the middle or just kind of be a little offset of, of one of those things they it's kind of evolved to where there's a place for all that now. Yeah. You know? I just don't think you can categorize everything that's going on right now in the music scene. Cause dude, there's so many badass musicians right now in Texas and hell, even, even North Texas. I mean, you, you barrel it down to hell. It's not Texas, but North Texas, <laughs> Yeah. Not even, but I'm just saying, like, for real, like, you got, you know, I mean. Well, there's, like, I feel like when it comes. like, Cody West is going rock now. Like, Giovanni's Bro. going rock. His latest Woo. album is, like, rock as hell. He's still going to get categorized as Texas country, yeah. but, like. It's not country Is it really? You no, know, like, he's he's a straight, that's a but straight it's rock. Texas rock. That's, just a stru- Texas that's a straight rock, rock album. So you got, like. Which is awesome. It. Yeah, I love it. There's, like, Geo, Cody. Uh, maybe even Dylan Wheeler, Colby Cooper could possibly be like in that. But then you have like people with, um, you know, Eric has such a high register when he sings. Like, I mean, like his, like he, he could never sound like a geo who's the polar opposite of like that vocal. But uh, like Eric's always reminded me and that's, Kind of kudos to them being a huge Sean McConnell fan. He's yeah, always that, kind of that is Sean that that I mean, was, he was definitely a big influence. When, <laughs> so mean, like when I told you, I, when I saw him at that first Wade Bowen show, was about the time we were playing like open mic nights and stuff, where we were just starting, not even 
thinking about a career in it or anything like that, but that when we're just starting getting a taste of like performing live and stuff like that, and then I see Sean McConnell do that, like, you know, Wade Bowen's got this place packed out, dance floors loaded, all this stuff, and then this guy comes up with a guitar no one's ever heard of, like you say, with a faux hawk, <laughs> you know, looks like he's from Boston or whatever, like, you don't want to judge a book by its cover, but everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. No. And then he plays um, In My Arms Instead, which at the time was a hit with Randy Rogers that he wrote with Randy. Then he plays Live Baby Lie. And then he played uh, Maybe You Can Love Me Anyway. Three oh, songs, solo God. acoustic. Woo. And had this place, like this rowdy, like I said, roadhouse type, like saloon, dance hall, fucking silence. Like everyone's just like, what the fuck just happened to me? If and you had like, to choose three songs, though, those are it. You can't like, deny, you can't deny <laughs> it. Right? No it shit. Was, it was in. That's why I went to his MySpace the next day. <laughs> Dude, I feel like, as an artist, that has got to be so fulfilling to be like, okay, yeah, I've I've opened or I've played these huge venues where people, you know, quite frankly, might have been there regardless if you were there or not. You know, we're gonna drink beer and dance to whoever's there, whether it's the house band or you, but to sell out and silence a listening room like that that has got to be like <laughs> like this is well this to is do it, like cool. i said it's one thing to do it and you have a hit song or whatever but when no one in the room knows you from fucking Oof. jack and you can shut those motherfuckers because try to silence a fucking rowdy ass bar even when you have a hit or people know you it's hard as shit and like when no one knows anything and you just do it from the power of your like voice and lyrics yeah. it's like that's a different deal yeah. so what's more <laughs> fulfilling for you playing playing a show that everyone hey i'm buying eric willis tickets we're gonna be there eric wilson's playing versus showing up at b's i'm a it's me and my guitar and i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna make some people turn some heads and be like i like doing that man i like i mean obviously it's nice to play to a room full of your fans that know the words and sing them back like that's cool too but i like like making fans yeah. Oh, yeah. I like changing people's minds, or not even changing people's minds, but like just like or singing to a making, couple of fans, just making people guy. pay attention. Like they're like, what? What the hell is this? You know? Because like I said, in Texas, we get so used to the guy being up there playing while you're eating on the patio. Like it happens almost, you know? Yeah. Tons of places you are, and how many times does that person like make you like, wait, what is it? You know? Right. That's that's kind of cool too. Like it's yeah. like I said, I. I don't know which I like more. I like doing both. I like, uh, and that's one thing nice about doing the opening shows when you're opening for a, an artist or something like that. Where, yeah, you may have a couple fans there, but most of them are their fans, and then you, it's your job to like win them over. Yeah, know? I can't remember the first time I saw you was probably Abilene, probably Lucky Mule or something. You know, just like you said, like stealing a girl, dancing around, whatever this or that. And then EJ said, yeah, he's playing up at Beef. It's just him and his guitar. And honestly, like, I went to those shows in Abilene to see you. But I came up here, you know, me and my wife and my daughter or whatever. And I, I'm just, like, glued. Like, it's like you on the, the guitar and your voice. It's just, like, it's such a different experience. And that's what I appreciate more is, like, the, yeah. it's, I mean, obviously, older I get. I'd rather, you know, go to a George Strait concert, spend $500, and sit in 200 section at AT&T Stadium. <laughs> Or go to Beef Brace and see Eric Willis. I choose Eric Willis every single time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's another thing that, like, social media and, like, podcasts and interviews have done is, like, whenever you can humanize somebody that is almost like a larger-than-life character because, like, okay, I, I didn't know Eric 
before you know we started all this and i only knew him as a vocalist that sang songs that meant something to me but he's a person you know like and then like hearing them on podcast or seeing them post a picture of them shooting a buck like is a normal fucking dude you know like and and so whenever you go to a show you're never going to have that connection with george Strait. He doesn't even have the capacity to bring his life as low to what we are. You know, like he's 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 on a fucking different planet, you know. Yeah, sure. So like, when you talk to these people that are just normal guys, and like you're like, oh, that's like uh, someone I want to give my hard-earned twenty-five dollars to. Oh, your shirt is thirty bucks. I want to give you my money because yes. like that that's way different than like just being a number on a you know a ticker when a, a sold out Ticket, AT&T damn, master right yeah. yeah no I showed him a picture earlier uh, that's a uh, something that like so for me I don't have a genre that I listen to man I am all over the place all the time like when I have downtime I'm on YouTube typing in a song I like and then I'm over here on the suggested ones and I find it like that's just what I enjoy doing and um, for me a lot of music you know the three or four chords and you know i get it and don't get me wrong i, I love that kind of music too they, they have their place but like if a music or a musician or a band stops me like if i have it like background noise i'm doing my thing and then i'm like what was that that's Dude. what i'm drawn to the uh it, it's funny because you're wearing their shirt I, I, right this now. is where i was going oh, okay the red, the red well, there before you yeah brandon so the first the first time i see these guys um we were at Magnolia Motor Lounge on a Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. I'll say I had uh, I had eaten some some fungi that come come from the earth, <laughs> and I was feeling great. But we just we just went there to drink or whatever with a couple of buddies. A buddy of mine had gotten broken up with, so he came down to Fort Worth, and we we're like, let's go to Mags. We're gonna drink, and we're sitting there, and we always sit out that well. Mags has moved now, but they yeah they had a um, patio area where you know where you could smoke and everything. A couple of my buddies smoked, so we always sat on the patio, and um, we we're sitting there. And the the band well the opening band started, and we were like, "Damn, who the fuck is this?" And we look in there, and it's just like this, you know, group of young I mean young dudes, and we we're like, "Damn!" So we went in, we got a shot and a drink at the bar, and we went and sat like one of the front tables in there. Ended up watching the entire sh- show. I, I mean, how many times do you go to a place and just glue to the opening band like that? Not not very often. Went in there, and it was the Red Clay Strays, man. And uh, I was in, you know, you know, I see a lot of music. I, I, you know, I play it. You're around it all the time. People that we've never heard, opening bands, people we're opening for. like, And it's very, very, very rare that, like, you're drawn from the other room to come watch the opening band because they're so badass. And that, that was the case with these guys talked a little bit after the show with those guys. Um, the next time we came to Magnolia, when they played, you know, it went from having about 20 people there to about 50 people there. Next time I see them, you know, there's 150 people there and then cut to the last time I saw them there. It was a sold out show at Magnolia. And these dudes, so the first time I saw them, like, we're, we're bullshitting with them after the show. Five dudes, you know, uh, drummer, two guitars, bass, and, and the lead singer. And, um, you know, they tell me they're from Mobile, Alabama. And, you know, they have this little bus or whatever. Well, they didn't have this bus. They're, the way these guys came, they came to from Mobile, Alabama to Fort Worth, Texas, 
in a, like a 2001 extended cab Chevrolet pickup. <laughs> like not a crew cab. I'm talking about the half door in the oh, back yeah, extended right. cab. Five dudes loaded down with a the trailer. These guys are like touring around playing music. And I was like, these motherfuckers want it. You That's know? dedication right there. And then I like, you know, I've become friends with a couple of dudes in the band. And we're actually in like, I guess, I guess it's uh next week or something or two weeks from now we're playing with them in Lubbock Shut at the blue light uh, in a couple weeks so get the <laughs> fuck out of here that was totally I'm wearing a red clay strays hoodie right now for, yeah. you know but and like that is that is crazy this was, that was the this. evolution of me like talent like that you know a couple years later here we are we're gonna be playing a show together here in that's, a couple weeks that's so sick so their lead singer's name is Brandon and he's like 27 they were well, so when I met these guys they were all like 22 23 years old like just young bucks and like I, i've talked about them on my podcast and that's why they all fit in an extended cab chevy like right, right. <laughs> yeah and i've talked about them on my podcast like a lot and you know I, I always try to do that you know like that's like something i'm passionate about is like hey man if i can help it i don't care if it's two people that's two more than they might have had so um they i'm telling you right now i literally can't conceptualize a genre to compartmentalize these guys into he has a slick back haircut he dresses like elvis presley he's about six to 100 pounds he plays his guitar on his chest like i mean he's got the the, the alan jackson foot kick i'm like you're like in a time capsule like you're not from this era man like and what the this is all to come back to what i was saying like it takes a lot for me to stop what i'm doing and be like what the fuck is that yeah that band played three chords and two sentences, and I was like, "Download, subscribe, follow, like, I, whatever this is, I, I want it, dude." Their album "Wondering Why" is my second favorite album of the entire year this year, behind mm-hmm. Matt Mason, and that album is like. That was the crazy thing when I saw them that first time. I go to like Spotify; they don't have a single song. They didn't have any YouTube. This was like before they had even recorded a single, anything. And I'm like, how the fuck do I find these guys? Like, you know, and then within a year, you know, they released a couple songs. They had like a music video and all this stuff. And obviously have progressed a lot since then, you know, they've released an album and all that stuff. But I was like, I told my girlfriend the next day, I was like, we saw this band last night that like, just like mark my words, like they could, they could get a record deal from Sony tomorrow. Like, it, it's just a matter of time before these guys blow up. Blow Come up. to Lubbock uh, December that's 15th, 14th. What? All right, man, it's a Wednesday that's night. That's some divine <laughs> intervention here. That was not planned at all. But, um, my December good music. Is good music. Right. But what I was going to say is, like, and I'll maybe get your perspective on this. I've never even got to see them live. It's so much better. So I, I mean, imagine, life, so not to talk shit about uh, anything no, that got I, recorded, no, but, it. like, their live experience is something you can't. You so, can't explain to someone like you really can't. So my wife and I, we've my favorite time to spend with her is consuming music in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Like we'll literally, our, like our our idea of a good time is like let's order a pizza, drink fucking twelve beers, sit on the couch and watch music videos. YouTube. Yeah, just go and like or go to a concert together. Like we just we and her. Same. You and, have a kid, right? I do not. Oh, I thought you did. No. And uh, her her taste in music is a lot more, like, hardcore than mine, like, in, the, in like, the genre sense. Like, she loves, like, Dayseeker, A Day to Remember, like, and I love that music, too. But, like, I would never 
go outwardly seek that music. I would, I mean, if I'm there, I'm singing every word, but like, I'm not going to, if I had a hundred dollars to spend on a concert, I would spend it on someone else. Does that make, you know, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but I'll go because I love you. Oh dude. You know, but like, <laughs> I enjoy it too. We are very, very fortunate to where like, if we have like a, like a little extra, like disposable income. Like if I go to a concert, I bring an extra amount of money to support the band. Like, I'm like, I've never even seen these guys. And I went online. They had two pieces of merchandise. They had this in two sizes and one color and then a hat. And I was like, hey, man, like, they're fucking grinding. Like, I got 25 bucks. Like, I hope that that goes towards them. Or, like, I mean, I'll buy your vinyl if you printed them. I know how much that costs to probably go through that process. Or I'll buy a CD. I don't even have a fucking CD player, but I'll buy it. Like, just to... Like, like that band's band. Well, that probably helps a lot more than just, you know, hitting play on Spotify over and over. You know, I, I, I don't I don't know that for, for sure, but I would imagine it goes a lot further. And tonight, like right now, we're sitting here talking and probably got two more fans that y'all would have never, they would have never known. Oh, and, facts. I never heard them before. I'm, man, I'm telling you. I'm going to blast them. Listen to that new album and if you can ever catch these guys live. So I think they're coming. Um, I'm playing with them in Lubbock. Whatever that Wednesday night is, I believe it's December 14th or 15th, whatever the Wednesday is. But the next night, I believe they're playing in Fort Worth. So if you guys, they're like That's a awesome. Thursday or Friday night in Fort Worth uh, awesome. after the, that same week, whatever it is, like the 14th, 15th, 16th, something like that. This month? This month. So this, yeah. I, know, I know for a fact yeah, this. 14th the, the, will be in Lubbock and then 16th 15th is, that is Friday. Thursday. Yeah. I Appreciate think it. They're in Fort I'll Worth. Be there. <laughs> Okay. But dude, good good dudes and they're just grinding like, you know, they're young dudes and you can you can grind a lot differently when yeah. you're when you're 23, 24, 25. Good for them, you know, man. dude. Putting in the work. They got this big tour uh, they're doing with L King and so like they're it's just a matter of time for those guys. And it's that's the thing. It's like I, you know, I saw them at Magnolia Motor Lounge on a Wednesday for free and I guarantee you these guys, you know, you're going to be on Ticketmaster, wait in line to, to to watch a concert with these guys within That's a matter wild. of years. For sure, cuss out. We we talked yeah. about this. <laughs> one, one more thing before we do this, but um, so I, I mentioned it. I, fuck, we've been doing this for two hours. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but um, so at the I think it might have been on the podcast or maybe a little bit before, but I was mentioning the Thieving Birds. I love everything about the Thieving Birds. Ace Creighton is a musical savant to me i mean like he's a producer he's a writer like he just excellent you know musician in in general and like you mentioned the thieving birds are kind of like a fort worth staple and magnolia motor lounge also fort worth staple and that's not a big venue it's really not i've been there at a vip table and i've been there standing on the fucking velvet rope you know getting pushed on the way to the bathroom too those kind of bands that don't I don't the proper term I don't know but like they're not forcing their music down your throat. They're not like follow us, listen to this, blah 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 blah. Here's the, I'm going to go on every podcast. I'm going to go on, you know, Good Morning America. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But when they they almost let the work speak for itself, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like some kind of like visceral reaction to that from people that actually care and like man, when you go to a show like that, it's not on the level of a Sean McConnell because their music's a lot more upbeat, but like man, holy shit, like going to a show where or you know having an opener and he spends half of his set praising the opener that was there for him. I'm like, these that's what I'm here for, man. Like that was 25, 30 bucks well spent because 
that person is going to be so much more appreciative and it probably meant so much more to them than people that are just, you know, a name on a dot on a map. You know what I mean? Like, hey, just walking through this town. Like, and he got to witness that on a band that I, I swear by them, dude. If I was a betting man. Yeah, that is ironic. Brother, that, that's crazy. <laughs> that was not planned at all. I so something would cross paths because Justin, <laughs> Justin, man, he's not. They, I saw that they hoodie me, when I came in here and I was like, guy, to me. And then to know that you're opening for them, that's awesome, man. We can plug those dates again at a later time but for sure i'll we'll have to go love it man catch a catch a duck on the morning or something <laughs> hey crane hunt <laughs> didn't mean to get derailed there from from tx rig but um no dude that's why i, I want to bring you know yeah i love it bring uh, eric on he's music and hunting and that kind of goes both ways for us so I know you're a big music guy too so i figured y'all could so maybe you can maybe you can shed some light on this i've been trying to help my buddies like book shows and it is a grimy business to say the least, man. Like I'm, I'm running into. It's the shittiest part of the business, <clears throat> man. And like I'm just here. I don't, I don't know any of these people from Adam. So I'm sending out, you know, emails, phone calls. Is there any advice you could give to like somebody in my shoes or like an up and coming band slash artist that's trying to get their name out there? Well, I would say like back in the day when I was like first starting to do it, um, I would really try to get my foot in the door places. Like if there was any way you could do you know like i say an open mic or a guest spot or you know uh book something with you know you've got a local guy that does a song swap with with a different person every week like getting your foot in the door with someone who's already in the door is the main thing but a lot of times that's not even possible so but like these days i feel like video and like obviously like pro you know recorded like music goes as far video of you performing live is a big thing because people really just want like most venues when they're booking unless they're like an established like real music venue they don't give a shit what you do but they want to see that like people enjoy what you're doing they want to see video of like a full crowd of people like reacting to your shit and stuff like that so like if you can show people video of you packing another bar and playing show or like i feel like uh if you can't get your foot in the door beforehand like i said an open mic or not a tryout or something like that but some way you can get in front of eyes of people in that bar beforehand if you can't do that your best bet is like having pro video audio stuff of you playing at these other places where you're making these other bars look like that's the place to be, you know, that you're bringing people there. People are having a good time when you're there. I feel like that's the best bet as far as just getting your foot in the door in the the first place. Because, like, when you're not doing that, you're essentially just cold calling people. And and it's like like fucking soliciting door to door, and it's it's what you have to do. (laughs) You have to do it to get into those places. Because, like, when you're soliciting door-to-door, asking people to spray their lawns, 95% of the people are going to say no. And so, like, when the 5% of people say yes, you have to do your job, do it well. And, like, it sucks that that's the way it is, but that's just – that's they're getting hundreds upon thousands of emails, texts, and shit, try, people trying to play at their bar. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you have to offer that all these other people don't? And yeah. so if you can't show that to them in person, I feel like your next best bet is to have some, like, legit video footage. And even if, like, 
like you can make video footage look like yeah. you're bigger than you <laughs> yeah, are or sure. that like people are like it's a packed bar or like what about what's your opinion on uh, music videos <laughs> awesome but I feel like you I'm a huge music video fan me and my wife he's a huge me and my wife will sit there and, and stay up all night and just watch <laughs> yeah. music videos and like, so that's you don't have direct TV. He watches you. <laughs> and I love music direct videos TV. too, but music videos like cost so much or something. They cost so much, and like these days, they're not as much of a deal as like these days. It's just like another like marketing tool. Like when you have a professional like well done music video, it just makes you look more professional more established more all that Something stuff else to add to so this. like yeah there's one thing of you like shooting your iphone of you playing on your front porch that's and you may be good enough to where that like does the job but in the most cases like into like an untrained eye even an untrained eye can like see that like this music video cost some money they did it right they did Absolutely. it professional it looks pro and you can like like i said even like a, a normal person you can tell like a shitty thrown together thing and a, a professional music video and I think if you're not doing it right doing it pro there's just no point in fucking shooting because it, it's making it yourself all. look worse you know exactly so right. it's like if you're gonna do the music video like and I'm not saying like remortgage your house or anything like that but like and if you can't afford to do it right I would say don't do it you know gotcha so it's like if you're gonna do a music video like do it right or just don't do it because so it's going to be more to your detriment if, if you do a shitty music video. How do you feel about hunting videos? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'll tell Eric's you one thing. on the latest, man. Check it, check it out. Check it out. I'll tell you one thing. We name, we name dropped on him to try to get some of his YouTube followers. I'm telling you, there's only... There's only... Uh, no. There's only so much you can do with a duck dropping into the into <laughs> the tank when I drop. You know what I mean? No, but you know you you've seen the shitty music videos. You've seen the ones that you know are just like, but I've watched d- them. done on a budget. But you know they don't do anything for you like so, like a good one will. So did you have the vision of that one uh, with the girl locked in the change? So I didn't have the chains. Like the idea of the chains was my videographer. His name is Zach Morris. No, uh, like. Like Zach Morris. Shout out. Shout out. Saved by the bell. <laughs> no, oh Zach Morris. God. He's actually on the he's on the road with Casey Donahue right now. I think his is like full time videographer, but he cut that first video in Waco. And I just told him, I was like, here's the song. Like, we want creepy stalker vibes. <laughs> we want all this stuff. And I show up to shoot this house and he goes, Man, I got this like realtor that lets me shoot in like empty houses. And we have this house that was like abandoned like after this person died and so like everything in that house was just like left there when this person died and then he comes in like with like chains over his shoulders and shit I'm like what the fuck are we doing in here Dude, I didn't really and he goes just trust me bro. I didn't really realize that was a whole vibe of the song until no one does till the end the, yeah, yeah no, I mean hey, you don't you don't see the chains this is news to me I was like oh fuck Listening to music, or excuse me, watching music videos that are like produced. Obviously, you have like a director there, and Eric is like, "Hey, you just do what I tell you to do. And I'm going to film you." That's one thing, too. Like, that's awesome, dope. Those have their place in my life. I immediately will type in Eric Willis live. 
right. and I will right. go I, and I will go I will go find those videos because and, and I'm not even trying to be that way but I'm like I will find four five six seven videos of this guy performing of the same song or something similar and I'm like are you worth me going to see or did the did the studio make you sound amazing because there's nothing wrong if 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 you're a studio artist that's I get it no but there's but, a big gap and if it's like if I'm gonna spend <laughs> gonna go there uh, I am a Sturgill Simpson Homer don't yeah. get me started it's so, a shame he's so big honestly. so so like what dude, happened to his dude, voice box when is he coming back he tore he tore his vocal cord man but like so when it, like I for years for years my wife and I we we were at that point like where she was in a steady like adult job and I was in school and then like whenever I was done she was vice versa so like we never really had like two steady incomes so like right around that time where we're getting to the point of like okay we're both done with this I splurged. I spent like five hundred dollars on this Sturgill Simpson Tyler Childers Arena tour at AAC, right? COVID happened, and I was I like, "Remember that? Oh my god!" But bro, anyways, like, kind of bringing it back is like, I have tried. So my 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 wife could not give a shit about like I'm talking like Conway Twitty, Merle Haggard, you know, Charlie Pride. That's I love that stuff. She is like, oh my god kill me let's, <laughs> so, go to, let's go to dead but, mouse at lights online right yeah and that's then that, that's fine but like i i finally convinced her back in like 2017 Shout out Jamie. but uh anyway sturgill won the grammy for um a sailor's guide to earth or to the universe whatever it was I called see him on that and i saw it and i finally convinced her throughout that process of how much i love him and i was like he's a fucking grammy winner love him like she's like his music is so depressing and so honky tonk <laughs> Dude, she got me tickets. I love the fashion. I love the fashion. She got me tickets to go see him at the Austin Amphitheater where they do the Formula One races. Oh, that's dope. For the tour of that album that he won the Grammy in. And, dude, when I tell you, I was like, you could have killed me in that audience and I would have been completely fine. Same. Life's over. I'm good. I don't need anything else from this life. And she was like, it was funny because her reaction was like, man, like, she goes, I can't understand him. A lot of the people around you are just kind of like mumbling words. And then you're singing every word and you're just so into it. She was like, this was worth every penny I spent. I was like, dude, so that that tour, that Sailor's Guide, which I told you, I've always wanted to record the horns on my record. So Sturgill, the record before that, he did uh, Meta Modern Sounds, which is like a trippy country. Favorite album. So, like, I loved that record. And then he comes out with Sailor's Guide, which has this horn section. And I was like, oh, my God, that's my ideal band. Like, that's what I want. And so I went uh, with my girlfriend at the time. We, um, we went to Boston and saw him at the Orphean Fear Theater in Boston. And on my, like plane ride home i text the band i was like hey i just saw sturgill blah blah blah. i was like he's playing in denver in a week and a half i'm going does anyone want to go with me (laughs) (laughs) on my on my my plane ride back from from boston seeing him i was like i'm going to see him in like another week learn to find the horns or you're fired i bought the (laughs) i bought the band i I bought the band i go hey i'll pay for your like the concert ticket buy your flight and you can come with me to this one and so like a week and a half later we flew to denver and saw him there oh my god so at red rocks or at like a big no it was the uh what theater was it there in denver 
Paramount. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy him too. He was on my uh, Spotify top two, I think. Yeah. I like that Eric he's was like. Three. Oh, nice. I'm not about Eric to Eric was on mine, up. too, and I'm like, do I want to post this? Like, he's my boy. Like, is that kind of weird? I always look at those like I'm supposed to be surprised. I'm like, oh, my favorite artist or my favorite artist. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. <laughs> I shared it to my close friends. I'm going to be honest with you. My my top is usually pretty consistent. I was kind of embarrassed that Co Wetzel was so far up on mine because I'm like, my my high school homies are gonna just hate me because they're like, dude, that's I like Co man, that's so white trash, you know. But it's like, dude, Co Wetzel's got some good songs, but it's like, it's got bangers, you know. I've got like Pony Bradshaw, like Eric, and you know, like let's. Uh, I'm 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 pretty out there as far as my music taste, but it's like Co had some good songs this year that I listened hey, to. Over you name dropping Pony Bradshaw, yeah. like Pony is the fucking. We we talked Man, about dude. that, dude. Tony so my is... wife, my wife introduced me to him like pretty early, and she's like, "If you ever heard of him?" And I was like, "No." And I started listening to him, and I'm like, "Dude, this guy is unbelievable." I remember a couple months later, me and you were talking about it, and you're like, "Yeah, dude." Like, or I saw you post something on Instagram. <laughs> I didn't know anybody like at the time that was like that was on him, and I was I had I had just been listening to him like over and over and over and over. You know how it is, like when you find somebody that. Oh, I wear shit out. Man. Yeah, dude, so do I. <laughs> yeah. And he was playing in Galveston in like some super small dive bar type deal. And uh, I've got some family that's in Houston. We were supposed to go down there, and it ended up backfiring on us. And we didn't go down there. But uh, yeah, dude, I've been. He's he's unreal. He's he's awesome. I, I'm sure I'm not like the first person that's ever followed him or anything like that. But it was pretty early. Shout out to my wife because she'd been following him before I did. And I heard him, and I was like, man, dude, like, this guy is, is pretty awesome. But it's just, like, then you start seeing, like, oh, yeah, like, we're playing here, we're playing here, we're playing here. Like, Fort Worth, I think he's actually playing, uh, I want to say he's Tulips or somewhere pretty soon this month. Coming up. But He opened for David Ramirez? Yeah, I think so. I think he was at Tannehill's. I've never like even heard of that. Yeah, that's what, yeah, we were yeah. talking about uh, Tannehill's because – that's when uh, you and Josh Weathers are playing there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, Josh Weathers, man. Eric and Josh Weathers played a show at Tan Hills was that? a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, dude. It was. He packed, you know, he was, he was obviously the headliner and he packed the place out. And it was our first time in that venue and we kind of didn't know what to expect. We knew it was like, it's a bigger venue. You like, and it's like, I think it's the perfect size venue too because you get like Billy Bob's, who's like, you know, capacity is. I want to say around 3,000 or something like that. And then this Tannehills, I think their cap is like 1,000. So how many times I've seen a band in Billy Bob's that put 1,000 people in there and it looks like empty still? Yeah, no doubt. And then like you throw 1,000 in Tannehills and it's wall to wall. And it's just a different vibe when you pack so a place cool. out. You it's know? Tim Love, man. He's taking over the stockyard. <laughs> Tim Love. Yeah. It was, hey. It's a cool spot, man. It was great sound. Uh, it's standing room only unless you buy like VIP seating up in the balcony, but uh, man, it's a it's a cool spot. And playing there with Josh Weathers was sweet as hell. I've heard Low key, that. I think uh, as a thirty three year old man, I think VIP is worth it. You're not oh, yeah, <laughs> well, that was the thing. For I was like, real? Man, for real, like, can I sit down? You got three Christ. hours, buddy. You could do the standing <laughs> room only. For, I'm gonna three hundred dollars for Harry Willis. <laughs> it's hard for me to go see a Billy Bob show. I do not like that venue, it's man. It, it's it, I, it's brutal. Man, but I'll be honest with you. Not go ahead. Actually. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. It's all you. 
I I went to high school in Granby, which 25 minutes south of Fort Worth. <laughs> but no, so like we used to go to like Billy Bob's and Neon and stuff like that. Like that was like where we went yeah. when we were in high school. And uh, not only that, it's just hard to go there to catch a good show. Cause like nowadays, like I want to see somebody in an intimate setting. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't like going to Turnpike release an AAC show last month and they've already sold out and like that breaks my freaking heart dude you know what I'm saying because half those tickets well, went to somebody that them. yeah I'm happy for them but you know like saying? and granted I've got into my beer vendors that can I get some sweet tickets and they're working <laughs> on it I'll be very pumped about that but it's just uh the Billy Bob's deal like we'll go see Bingham we'll see Bingham when he plays the Billy Bob's he plays the Billy Bob's once a year we'll go see Bingham that's about the only we saw Pegasus in the rooftops play there oh. last year uh the sound was actually terrible <laughs> me and yeah it was terrible we went on there like a thursday night eric you're chuckling i want to know why no, i'm not chuckling uh <laughs> but um yeah we caught him on a thursday and i was like dude this is awful the, <laughs> The uh, table next to us literally got up and left after like two songs, and me and my wife are sitting there like, uh, "What the hell is going on? Like, this is terrible. You can't even because you know he's you know like yeah, he's got he, a deep he, voice and stuff." And I was like, "Maybe this is on the sound guy. Like, you can't really hear it or whatever." It was a terrible show. Yeah, it really was. So Billy Bob's is it's 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 literally in. I don't go to Billy Bob's unless there's somebody that but hardly it's a, ever plays in Texas. That that's the only place that I can see. I'm like. I'm a Bingham fan, but I've been a Bingham fan since, like, Mescalito. Like, I'll catch Bingham and Billy Bob's. Other than that, I really don't hardly go to Bingham. So think about this, though. Like, okay, like, what we think of, like, the Ryman, what we think of, um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of any more. But, like, you know, like, uh, okay, uh, uh, the Grand Ole Opry, like, like, massive, renowned venues. Billy Bob's is that for people that no, aren't from here, is. and it we're is. we we are a little jaded a because it's it's right up the road. And I will tell you this: um, another one of the most criminally underrated bands of all time, probably my top five concerts of all time. Blackberry Smoke at Billy Bob's was unreal, and then um, back whenever Vine was a big thing, that shout out 2012, 2013. Um, it was a Friday night show. He started at 6 p.m. on the Honky Tonk stage, which is as big as this room we're in. There was no joke. 35 people there. Luke Combs. Yeah. He he opened for Corey Smith. I mean, there's no doubt. There's some legendary the, people. That play Bob's. The, the, the place, uh, the majority of its money, the majority of its clientele, it's just tourists coming through there. Yeah. And so they're not, they're not super, like, worried about sound comfort of people Dude, like the sound was terrible. like they just uh all of that stuff is kind of an afterthought and their main deal is like making money because they are just like a, a tourist attraction a spectacle this thing that you have to do when you go to fort worth you know and whatever like i i've done the touristy things there too like the first few times you go there oh, it's yeah. cool it's like this huge play like it is the world's largest honky like it is cool to go to a, a a bar that big and have that you know restaurants in there stores in there all that shit but like when you're going to somewhere to like watch music it's just not the place for, for especially me. when there's good venues 
a hundred yards from there. Right. <laughs> You're like, do y'all realize what's right around the corner? And there's no hate to Billy Bob's. I mean, I, I, my God, they've no. got so it, it many. It just is what it is. They've got so much it's, of my money over the years. I will tell you, they've done, a, they've done a few improvements. They've done a few improvements. They, uh, they eliminate a lot of those big poles that were in the middle of your view if you're down there. Yes. Yeah, and then they added there? a lot of... Have you been there? Terrible. Yes. And then they added a lot of uh, speakers. Like, if you've ever been, you know, the the big main stage, a lot of time you stand to the left or right. If you have GA tickets, like, mm-hmm. you're not in the floor. Never well, go add, there if I have GA. They <laughs> added a lot of speakers that point towards those people that are standing on those sides so me and my girlfriend we got some tickets to vince gill there nice and i was like i didn't want to go there like i knew all the things about dealing with billy bobs but i was like vince gill these tickets are free we're gonna go watch it and so we went and it was one of the more pleasant times i've ever been in billy bobs like the sound like for one like vince gill is one of the greatest vocalists to ever do it absolutely one of the greatest guitarists to ever do it all this shit and so i was like already like going into it thinking well he's probably gonna sound like shit it's probably (laughs) and me and my girlfriend stood there and i kept telling her i was like i don't know what they did but it sounds fucking great over here now so they've made some improvements i can't say that as far as like when when was this a couple months ago two or three months ago yeah Vince Gill now, God, he's got to be pushing sixty, and he's got to be pretty old, dude. He he's a legend though. No he doubt. he did not disappoint at all. Like he sings everything in the same key. Ooh. He still nails every note. It is it's it, it was dude, one of know, our favorite shows in Billy Bob's I've seen in years for sure. I've seen, I don't know. I've got a love hate relationship with Billy Bob. Billy Bob's just so mainstream. It's just kind of like, oh, you're going to Billy Bob's. That's fucking lame. You know, whatever. We've seen good shows there. Like I said, yeah, like we, exactly. We yeah. catch Bingham there just because I'm I'm such a big hey, standing by one of them poles. I'm such a big Bingham fan, but it's like, well, that's what I always <laughs> like standing at those poles. But it usually sounds like shit there, dude. It when your brother's does, like, you gotta fucking spot the lean on. Yeah, that's what like you you would deal with it. But it's like if I'm going to Billy Bob's, like I'm paying for reserve pit tickets, like to where I'm by the stage or else. If you talk about shoulder to shoulder on those side yeah. rows in the pit, it's dude, it's uh, you can't even go to the bathroom without getting in a fight with somebody. There's no way I would do that. Absolutely not. So how did they? I feel like every concert I went to, they had the tables down there. You had to buy a table. You had to buy a seat. And then Bingham was the first one. It was like first one we went to. We it, went to. I'm not saying he initiated, but. It's the, the, the guys that are, like, super big that they'll do the standing room, like the pit standing room. Just to get more money. But they don't oversell it, which I think is cool because it's like you got your cash bar there. And you can still dance on that little you can go to the You can go to the bathroom. You know, you got the deal right there. The, the, the music quality. I also. The music quality to me, honestly, like Eric was talking about, it's it's so trash compared to these other venues because i like so much going to these smaller venues and having the acoustics it's just a whole different type of deal but you gotta build up you know what you're gonna get like i'm not hating on them it is what it is like they get the biggest people but i would much rather go to a smaller venue and have the acoustics just be right on you and have people be there that are there for that artist versus just being there because they're in fort worth on a friday night and they're out getting drunk and they just left neon moon and they're gonna go to neon they're gonna go to so, Bubs, you know. the lone star park concerts oh, were the same thing eli young band 
Yeah, like, I mean, all, all that shit. But, like, so, like, it was, like, your first place where, like, I, I can drink in public and they don't care, you know? So, like, it was just, you went there to, like, drink and act a fool and there just happened to be music, be music there. I feel like Billy Bob's is a lot of that same crowd but more grown up. Like, it's, like, those guys that are, like, very much, like, you know, starch jeans and 10-gallon hats and they're, like, I, I fucking just rode eight seconds on Fu Manchu a minute ago and you're like oh my god dude like and they're just like very like aggressive and you're like bro we're just here to listen to music man and like you don't get that can be the stockyards in general I was gonna say you better be wearing some square toes no that is a great point though no you're right a lot of those guys are there to just drink and fight Uh, (laughs) it's like why dude I don't have a bone in me like that like what are you doing man like (laughs) we're just hanging out why are you so aggressive like and then I up whooping three guys out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go again. Yeah. We're insane as god. I, I, I swore off Billy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't saying it's gotta happen, but you gotta be ready for it yeah. just in case. All right, oh, that's how it is, though. All right, bro. We've been doing this thing for almost three hours almost now. Three so, hours. what I usually do whenever I end out a podcast, it would be. Uh, you know, basically a question for you guys to pick three people that you can have a beer with at any point in time and sit down, talk to them, whatever. But based on what we're doing here, I feel like I can mix this up a little bit. So let's try and put you on the spot a little bit here. If you could have one person to go on a hunt with and one person to see in concert, who would those people be and why? That's a good question. Whoever wants to go first, go right ahead. That was just kind of on the fly, That's but bad. who would I like to go on a hunt with? Go on a hunt with and go to a concert. Go on a concert with or go. go I'm sorry. Go, I'm sorry. Go go see, go see in concert. I should have explained that better. Uh, damn! I thought you were gonna ask you uh, three questions. Who would you rather have a drink with? <laughs> I do. I was thinking about that myself. <laughs> I do. Oh, so y'all are uh, listeners of the podcast? Let's I go. I like to. Uh, I don't think anyone could beat my my own father. You should go on a good hunt with him, you know, like I mean you're out there doing this or that and it it is spiritual, like, you know, me having a, a child of my own, like just like the conversations that we have right now, but when you're on a hunt, you find out shit you don't you don't find out about. You know, I've known Eric for you know, a, a little bit of time, but He's a good old boy. I can tell that. <laughs> the minute we start, left Waterburger. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 4 a.m. Drinking the same type of coffee. Yeah. You know what I'm no shit. Black. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I would have. I would definitely have to say my dad as far as who I would want to go on a hunt with. Okay. Ike Lyles. That's a free shout out. The original 12th man at Texas. If we want to dive into it, Ike Lyles. If you want to dive into it, you know, the. the He's a man's man. man. He's the 12th man, AM? Yeah. First tackle of the 12th man kickoff to Ike Lyles. Okay. Hey, well, that's a hell of a person to go hunting with right there. Regardless of that or not, uh, really, I didn't know up. I didn't grow up knowing that. He's just a great man. Uh, Who would I like to go see in concert? I've already seen Kenny Chesney, so we'll rule him out. Honestly, it hey, would be a... Uh, it's kind of sad, honestly. It, it'd probably be a Sturgill or uh Tyler Childers, because I haven't seen either one of them. Yeah, they're on my, my top whatever Spotify list. Like, I've already seen George Strait. 
Cody, the guy with all the land. He's, I was able to spit on George Strait. And he was, oh, he was, what? He made, I, made, I, I made eye contact. You didn't, did you? <laughs> no. I, I did, actually. <laughs> Thank God we're not recording video. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he has a double crank on that one, boys. I spit a little bit. <laughs> no, we made eye contact. He, hey, man, I spit on George. He knew I was a big fan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that would be, uh, you know, I like them uh, fun guy and everything, so. Sterling yeah. Simpson probably be, uh, probably the one I would I would like to see live, and who knows if we ever will be to his goddamn vocal cord. Damn. Hey, those are two good picks, man. All right, EJ. So, who would be your your ideal hunting partner? <clears throat> man, and- so I feel like I can't get very deep on the hunting partner thing because. I'm kind of first generation other than my dad catching on like second half of his life and me and my dad hunt together quite a bit. So I would have to go, I'd probably go Ranella, man. I'm a huge Ranella fan. Um, I think what he does for the hunting community and just the outdoorsman community and all is just he's he's so well spoken and he's so educated on all that stuff i think hunting with him would be unbelievable uh being on meat eater and just you know shooting more shit than he shoots you know because i'm probably a better shot than him because he shoots (laughs) he shoots left-handed and it kind of looks like it's about to throw out of his shoulder sometimes uh but other than that, man, I'm not really like, oh, I wish I could hunt with this guy. Like, I great, just like hunting with my boys, man. That's like, a great pick, though, man. I mean, like, if you're going to be with anyone. I would I say, like, like celebrity-wise, Ranella. But other than that, like, man, I I loved hunting with Eric last week and him being his first time. And I love hunting with my college buddies. I love hunting with my high school buddies, you know, Russ and Justin and Kyle. And that's just, it's kind of our escape doing it is just that's like the times that we hang out is like when we are going yeah hunting and hanging out like so to me like i always that to me is always a special time because especially now like everybody's got kids and everybody's married and everybody's got jobs and stuff so it's like when we do get able to when we when we are able to go hunt with each other like that's the bro time Mm. and to me like i like hanging out with my boys and shooting the shit, hanging out, yeah. having a campfire, grilling out some steaks, you know, stuff like that. So that's cool to me. As far as the music. Um, One concert you would want to go see. I would say, man, I'm not real bougie. Uh, we saw, I would say a repeat of this just because it's kind of thrown off. But we saw... Um, we saw Turnpike open for Bingham at Whitewater <laughs> before Turnpike broke up. Way back. And before Turnpike was super big. So was Evan like in that bad state of mind? No, or this what? is before like oh, okay. this is before okay. they got big. Like Turnpike opened like, for Bingham. That's when he was Bingham. drinking for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we uh, we were Wes said that. <laughs> Wes said that. Hey, thank you, Eric. Hey, cut that. hey thanks, Eric. You know what I'm saying? Don't cancel me for that. Yeah, cut that, cut that. But no, so Jack yeah. Daniels. I don't 
I don't know, man. I mean, there's I I like to what I like to go to a lot of shows. My wife likes to go to a lot of shows. That's kind of our date night a lot of time. Like we like to go see people that play around our area and stuff like that. And I mean, unless it's just super expensive or something like that, like Elvis. What did that Spotify rap tell you? <laughs> okay, okay. So this is what I will say. I don't have any like I'm not like real old school musician or anything like that. So I am have been one of the biggest Mac Miller fans. There we go. Wes knows because I don't lie, but I did put you on Mac Miller. I did like I was I was on Mac Miller before, you know everybody said before that. anyone. I don't want to say like a douche. Thank you. Hey, he called me. Hey, I was on Mac. Hey, I was in the locker room. We had to tickets that. to his last show. That's what I was gonna say. So oh, we had tickets, sh- and then he accidentally killed himself. He was supposed to play in Irving, and we had tickets, and. It was like a week before the concert, and it, you know, he died. And uh, damn, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And so that, that's like the one thing that I'm kind of like, damn, like I wish, because I never saw him in concert. And he's somebody that I'd listened to for so many years. That, Other than that, like I've seen pretty much everybody that I listen to. That's badass. And that his his tiny desk concert for NPR. Dude, Mac stays on repeat man like man. like there's a there's a difference between like being a rapper being a singer and then like being an, an artist like a musician Whew. It's like go the, watch that 20 minute video and it'll change your life man he's, nah, he's crazy yeah. crazy other than that man i can't really think of it because uh you know we live in dfw so we can we're spoiled much, we can pretty much see who we want to see we're f- you know everybody that i'm interested in pretty much i have a chance to see him at least once a year so that would be the only one that I would say because we literally had tickets to that show and a month before I literally remember we were driving up to Broken Bow and uh, my buddy's like oh did you see Mac Miller died and I was like what we had the swimming CDs and the long sleeve shirts and all that shit we had tickets there was like eight of us gone and all that sad man that would have been a sick concert no we were so pumped dude because we'd we'd been do you feel like uh he blew up more because he died like that's always a hot question i I think i think you know like that that was what's that term uh posthumous you know whatever you know (laughs) what i was gonna say is i i do think that that is a, a big part of it but um I do love the fact that like he had he got that growth towards the end but I also think like him growing up like if you listen to kids I mean like dude I remember going to Dat Piff and get and each and getting yeah. those those mixtapes and then like you see like him working with Wiz him doing you know um what was that the G O O D album with Miguel and like yeah. like god dude like yeah, he was he did the uh I think that it was a lot of that, you know, for sure. But like, I think that also it's one of those things where, not to get too deep, like you don't, you don't appreciate what you have till it's gone. I think he was on the verge of doing his biggest shit right, right when he died because he was, you know, he, you know, you say what you want, but like he tweeted right before, like I'm so happy to go on tour. Like he seemed like he was in such a good place. Obviously, he struggled with what he struggled with, but. We were pumped to see him in Irving, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. honestly, my opinion, no one asked, but I tell. So, all right, Eric, on to you. So, uh, hunting uh, uh, partner. Man, uh, yeah, he already he already said Steve Ranella, and I'm a big fan of that whole crew, that Mediator crew. Uh, being on the road, man, I like uh, shit. About five, six years ago, I fell into the podcast world, 
to where I hardly listen to any like new music anymore. It's like <laughs> I've got like yeah. ten podcasts that like are in just constant. Re- you know, they're all weekly podcasts that like that's what makes up all my drives every week. Uh, and Meteor was obviously one of the big ones, but uh, one that came off there was uh, a dude named Clay Newcomb that does what's called the Bear Grease podcast now. He's part of the Mediator crew. And uh, he's an Arkansas boy that uh, he just seems like a lot of the good old boys from where I'm from, Henrietta, Texas. We just It just seems like uh, we'd connect on on the, like that, that good old boy level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like there's people that um, – there's people that are into hunting. They're in like way different pl- spaces, like way out west or northeast or like west coast or anything. And like hunting, they they're hunters, but like it's kind of not the same thing as like like where I grew up in Texas is like white-tailed deer hunting and dove hunting. Like that's all we did. You know, we had people that you know duck hunted and did that other stuff, but for the majority of the time, it's like for one, it's white-tailed deer, and then you you dove hunted for a week in september you know but uh clay newcomb he's one of those like good old boys that i think i could get down with on almost any type of hunt you know there's a lot of small game whitetail everything so that's probably the okay. the, the hunting side of things get on one of them uh, mules and go out and there. yeah exactly he's a mule scanner man if you don't listen you gotta listen because it goes from everything from hunting to like poetry uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's what i'm getting at like i mean dude i have no connections well, to this world but i've heard about it so i'm like okay this has got to be you, well, you cannot even be a hunter and you'd enjoy the podcast for yeah sure, that's they, dope that's dope I mean, he right covers now, everything yeah, go ahead sorry hey i mean he just covers the spectrum it's like it's not just hunting like he covers just kind of like southern living and all that encompasses uh it, it's just really relatable to for me and where I grew up and that type of shit, so That's I've, dope. I've come fond of his stuff. Yeah, I mean, you okay. know, Ranello's wrote a couple of books. Uh, so has uh, um, Bear Grease. What's his name? Clay Newcomb. Clay Newcomb. <laughs> <laughs> they've, wrote, they've written Bear books. Grease. I thought you meant Bear Grills. Bear, uh, <laughs> I was saying Bear Grills. Bear, bear Grease. <laughs> they are uh, wild within. Uh, <laughs> the point I was trying to make is they're very good with their words, yeah. unlike myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you don't you can read about Clay literally Newcomb. poetry yeah. about yeah. their hunts and He's a their experiences. Or the, That's what I was talking about. I actually one. just started following him probably six months ago. So There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of his as well. Hey, you don't give yourself enough credit, dude. Earlier, I was looking at EJ. You were over here asking questions. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, podcast host over there. Yeah, killing it. I feel like we've done a pretty decent job. Today. Dude, y'all, I've had, a, I've had a blast doing this, man. Y'all are killing it. Yeah, I agree. I, so. I, I've had a, a very good time, and I'm impressed by what you've had to offer and everything. Like, you're very – you know what you're doing, and it's made it easy for us. I sure yeah, don't, EJ, but I appreciate that. It's made it easy for us. <laughs> But we got, we got, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And then uh, I do, I am interested because we're in the presence of a Texas music legend over here. And uh, I want to know what we're going to say is your ideal concert or person or band, whoever you want to see it. That's tough. Um, Man, I made it a point to, um, it was about, I don't know how long ago, six, seven years ago. Uh, when I was obviously like knee deep in like pursuing the music thing and I kind of figured out that like 
the reason I was so like in love with doing it is because I like saw so much music and I used to like go to so many concerts and do all that shit. And the deeper I got into it, the less like concerts and stuff I was going to right. and seeing because I was playing, you know, every weekend stuff like that. And so I kind of made it a point to like see as many concerts as I could see every year for a long time. And I mean, in that, in that span, I mean, I saw, you know, Isbel, Sturgill, Nathaniel Rateliff, Ryan Adams, uh, I've, I discovered Red Rocks, the, 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 the venue, and I started going there twice a year to see a show. Oh, my God. Um, I just started kind of immersing myself in those concerts of the people I love because uh, I realized how much that, like, in turn, like, inspired me and made me want to, like, write more and become better and do all that type of shit. So, like, the last, like, five... Well, until COVID, I really, like... It was like three or four like really big shows a year that I like made it a point to like take a weekend off and like go see a show like that. So it's like it's been hard uh, since COVID to do when it's finally, you know, starting to get back to the same thing. But I'm trying to think really of of someone that I really have been wanting to see and like haven't been able to see in a while. Or if it makes it easier, maybe somebody that you enjoyed so much you would like pay vip access to go see them again well the the one band i think i never saw that has like influenced my music and was a big part of my like upbringing was fleetwood mac was my mom um like her two like favorite bands it was fleetwood mac and the eagles and i got to see the eagles twice once while glenn fry was still alive and then the next year when Vince Gill and his son took his place in the thing, I got to see him those both years. So the Eagles were one of those were like a big influence. And then Fleetwood Mac would probably be the other one. And I've never got to see them. So that probably had to be it. Well, gentlemen, we are literally right now at the three hour mark. That is insane. Okay. Joe, that that was (laughs) kudos to y'all. That was, that was a lot of fun. I I learned a lot. Um, I, I got to, kind of get a glimpse into what y'all do on a day-to-day basis y'all's backgrounds and that, that that's awesome so before i sign off um texas rig outdoors where can the people find you what where are y'all on social medias what what can we expect y'all take this time to plug yourself yeah man so we're on instagram uh it's at tx rig rig tx rig outdoors uh youtube's the same handle tx rig outdoors um, we're not on TikTok or nothing like that. Not yet. Uh, you know, we keep China. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Instagram and uh, YouTube, man. Like I said, uh, give us a follow, like some videos. We're, we're, uh, now that we're into the season, we're starting to try to post some, I say, full length five to 10 minute videos of our hunts and stuff like that. And, they're a pretty good watch. I mean, we're not the best editors or nothing like that in the world, but uh, we're getting better. If uh, if you're interested in hunting or if you're not, man, check it out. And uh, you know, we're doing what we can. Like I said, it's it's fun for us, and we're just we're trying to get it out there and see what happens. So uh, we appreciate y'all listening. And if y'all want to if y'all want to check us out, then that's all more than merrier for yeah, us yeah no give us a follow you'll, you'll get a chuckle like we're funny <laughs> we love like we love what we do and we're not we're not scared yeah. to post what we do but oh yeah 
Uh, that's us. And we'll get everything posted in the, you know, the notes section. I'll, I'll make sure to, you know, plug you guys. And I, I appreciate you, EJ, for letting us come up here to Beefs tonight and yeah, everything. Yeah, so, last man. Yeah, it was, and this is a good time. And like I, feel I mean, like we got a, feel like that was a solid combo. Shit, today, man. Buddy. Three hours later, let's go, man. But uh, also on that, you know, I mentioned it multiple times during during the podcast. Uh, this was a lot. It wasn't planned, but I am personally a big fan of Mr. Eric Willis's music. Uh, so what can the people expect from you? Where can they find you? Um, feel free to plug everything that you can right now. Um, yeah, we're like, a, like we discussed earlier, uh, we're going to be dropping a full length record, uh, like 14, 15 tracks, uh, here in 2023. Um, everything can be found at ericwillis.com, E-R-I-C-K willis.com. And, um, it's either Eric underscore Willis or Eric Willis music <laughs> on all social media. We'll, we'll make sure we get the right one tag yeah. for him. But. Right. And he's been working out. His chest is huge. His truck is huge. <laughs> it may be uh, not the one you're looking for, but he's huge. It's, yeah. Well, I'm gentlemen. Again, hey, he hey, can man. shoot a shotgun too. I'll yeah. tell you yeah. that. I really yeah, appreciate you guys, man. It was a lot of hey, fun. Man, we had a blast. We appreciate you. Hey, I always say this at the end of the podcast. You know, I, I don't know why you guys do, but as long as you keep listening, I'll keep talking. Cheers. We'll see boys. you next time. Cheers, Cheers. boys.